Welcome to Tank Tap, the podcast about video games and beer. I'm Ben. Uh, it's episode 216. I'm here with Lucy. Hello for the two and well, not 216th time. We'll call it that. It makes math easier. That's true. Yeah. And we're here with Adol. Hey. I like how we also just had a conversation about what episode number it was. And I still had to look at my piece of paper <laughs> to know what it, <laughs> That's usually what it the way it goes, there, right? Yeah. So, um, today's going to be a little bit different. We're going to do uh, a shorter run. If you're on um, Twitch watching us right now, we're going to do a little hour where the three of us are together to discuss whatever we want to for the next hour. Uh, and then tomorrow night, Wednesday, we're going to be back uh, live streaming with Dave and Sean from Pillbug. If you're listening to this on the podcast version or on YouTube watching the video, they'll just appear after the first hour seamlessly as if... Nothing is any different. Let's let's have, let's have a bit. I'm in a bit. Ah. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It has been a, it has been a busy, a busy, busy long day. Um, I am going to drink a beer um, that has beaten Valve at its own game. This is a beer from Steam Machine. Oh. Um, it is Odin's Jam Jar. It's a Bilberry IPA with Mosaic and Halatau Blanc. It's 5.5%. This says, uh, The elusive and delicious Bilberry, found atop moors or in deep Scandinavian forests, provide an intense flavour that outmatches their American blueberry cousins. How best to celebrate this often forgotten fruit than in a smooth fruit shake IPA? Hop charged with Mosaic and Halatau Blanc. A beer for the Allfather in Valhalla. Mm. Well, there we go. The Scandinavians know how to make preservatives. <laughs> More than most cultures. All that Scandinavian jam everywhere. Yeah, I mean, they were very good at it. Uh, Lucy, what mm. are you drinking? I am drinking a beer uh, from Kinnegar. Um... It says farmhouse beers from Donegal, and this is the saison, um, dry hop saison. It's called Mary Tiller. It's got Ooh, like what these. was that on the front? It's rabbits. Like, almost like a shrew. Yes, I think it's rabbits trying to use a lawnmower, oh, yes. and they're just wrecking the yep. place. Um, let's have a look. See if it's got any flavour text. Okay, we've got some writing here. At Kinnegar we pair... We pair... I'm I'm not trying to do an Irish accent, sorry. Uh, (laughs) At Kinnegar we pair brewing tradition with a contemporary sense of adventure to produce clean, crisp, full-flavoured beers. The brewery is named after the beach beside its birthplace, just north of Rathmullen in uh, County Donegal on Ireland's Wild Atlantic Way. Mary Tiller is a sessionable farmhouse ale, dry hop to add a new world dimension to a classic old world style, traditionally enjoyed by farm workers in the busy summer season. It is 5%. Uh, let's have a look. Can't see any specific hops on it though. Yeah, not much more than 
yeah. Nope. Nothing other than the classic hops yeast and water and stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a season in a while, so this will be nice. Mm. Yeah, mm. It's, I mean, it is. It's um, summer, even though it's, like, pouring outside right now. Vice. And thunder and lightning and everything and hail. Ooh. It is super grey here as well. Mm. I feel like it's... It's on the horizon, about to just thrash down. If I dart to my window, you know why. <laughs> uh, Adol, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking uh, the Dream Sequence by Yeasty Boys. Oh. I haven't had a Yeasty no. Boys in ages. Yeah, me neither. I thought I'd uh, re- return to the pale. Uh, and by that I mean to the American brown. Because it's not a pale ale, it's an American brown ale. <laughs> Um, Did a lot of research. It's, a, it's actually a collab between Yeasty Boys and Utopian, uh, who are in Devon. Uh, nice. And it is a dark orange cocoa happy. That, those, that, that, that's the like tag words. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lovely. Having some focus problems. Yep. Uh, lovely little can. Uh, Cyclist, Dream Sequence, Easty Boys, 4.8% American Brown Ale. Nice. So, the this... What was it? Bilberry IPA, Odin's Jam Jam. Uh, it is super, super yeah. beetroot yeah. in colour. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, looks a lot darker, maybe a little bit of a brown hint to it on the on the camera. That's purple, actually, yeah. It's, it is. It's very, very purple. It's kind of not quite, um, not quite Ribena. It's got a little bit more of a red uh, hint to it um, than Ribena, but yeah. yeah, absolutely insane. I mean, you could probably tell from the can. So I mean, that was crazy purple too. <laughs> um, so came up very, very, um, very, very carbonated, and it had maybe about an inch of head when I poured, which just disappeared really quickly. It's got a really sharp nose to it. Mmm. Bit of blueberry. Bilberry, I suppose. Mmm. Ooh. Ooh. What did that say it was? A fruit shake IPA. Mm. Uh, now, I am drinking this right on its best before. June 2020, it says. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I managed to pick up a couple. I still haven't had a beer delivery. I haven't been able to go anywhere. I managed to pick up a couple of beers from a Londis. So there was like five. This was one of them. <laughs> uh, the flavour to it. I don't know whether it's kind of because it's reaching its end date, its best before. But it's got this sort of very acridic kind of backbone to it almost like there's the, the fruits are coming in there's a little bit of sourness as well but there's this just this level of sort of acidity to it mm. almost just this 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 pallid kind of Is it like vinegar in there as well it- a little it's mm. not it's not quite yeah. there but it is it's on getting the way there, yeah definitely I know they called it a fruit shake IPA. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, fruit yeah. shake that IPA. Of, yeah. is, uh, that of all uh, stars probably wouldn't last uh, a long time. Yeah, and it says a smooth fruit shake IPA. Um, I think this beer is gone. Oh, shame. 
Oh, that's a shame. Usually you can get, you can squeak by, mm. you know, like a month or so past. Like, they, they build in some, some headroom. Um, so it's a shame that, that, that it feels like it's not there. Mm. 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 I mean, I'm getting a, a little bit of sort of um, sweet fruits, sweet sweet blueberry, bilberry, even. Keep saying blueberry, bilberry. <laughs> um, getting a little bit of that in there. There is a, a nice sort of sharpness to it as well, mm. uh, which you'd kind of expect with a, with a fruit IPA. Um, but there's just that that undercurrent is just too much. It just overcomes everything else, and those flavors are sort of just pushed out. Uh, I keep sipping it just to make sure that it isn't any good to drink. I'm going to drink all right. of it just to double check <laughs> that it isn't yeah, any Just good. to be entirely sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah, you bought it, drink it. It's not going to kill you. It may not taste great, but it won't kill you. No. And the uh, kind of the more I drink, that, that initial flavor, that kind of vinegary nature to it does die down a little bit. But it kind of it's not as strong, but it lasts a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, so um, whilst you describe your beer, Lucy, I might run and get another one from the fridge. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. Hey. Yeah, it's poured it's not quite clear, it's a little bit hazy, but uh yeah, like really, really light straw like coloured. Golden. It looks oh, a yeah. bit golden from your side, but yeah, it's really, really light, like almost urine kind of color on this this end. Uh, poured nice, like foamy, probably two finger white head. On the aroma, you're just getting that like zestiness, bit of lime, bit of you know that pepperiness that you get from saisons, a bit of fruit. Yeah, and like that yeasty, estery kind of like Belgian yeast kind of smell as well. Which is right. nice. It's just like I haven't had a saison in so long. Just having those aromas, it's just nice. Sounds like it. Mm. Oh, I think it's a yonder coming mm. from yonder. Yeah, I think you might be right. Ooh, that's nice though. Ooh, that's really nice. Nice and crisp at the start and at the end, but it's got nice and like a nice creamy fullness to it as well which is nice I don't know mm. if that's from like the remaining head it's it's sitting there it's still there it's quite foamy but it it brings balance to that kind of like really crisp not tart but like sharp like kind of a right edge to it but yeah you're definitely getting like you know those Belgian yeasty estery kind of flavors as well Nice. Yeah, this is like typical farmhouse saison. It's really nice. Like, then if that is a yonder beer, like they do a lot of nice like farmhouse ales and think. I mean, this is up there with like some of the yonder beers I've had as well. Oh yeah, the golden casket. I've had that on this pod. Yeah, you have, which is yeah. why I didn't pick it for time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who cares? Choose that was a long begging. time ago. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this is a really good saison. Mm. Nice. Yeah, great. It is. Uh, Adol, how about you then? Um, so the nose is definitely that cacao. Um, oh, actually, looking at the ingredients, um, 
they say water, multi-bolary hops, and cacao husk and yeast. Um, I'm getting a bit of that orange, dark orange as well. Like a bit of a, like a Terry's dark chocolate orange. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like that, like, or, you know, like the fancy dark chocolate and orange. You can tell what side of the street I grew up on. Um, the quality but, street. Yeah. Mm. Hey, you're not wrong. <laughs> Actually, you're kind of wrong because a lot of Christmases it was the knockoff quality streets uh-huh. you could get in Canada. Um, the the not so the the, the low quality streets as I like call all, them. All right road or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm actually curious, given what I know about coffee, if those citrus notes are just from the the cacao husk, mm. um, rather than because they have, the ingredients don't say they added anything, but you definitely get, like I said, a deep, um, low key orangey citrus off the the nose and the taste. This is. It's thin, but it ta- feels like it should be velvety. Like the actual texture is quite wet. It's quite, it's a brown ale. I just focus on that. I'm like, yep, this is a, but it's such a rich taste. Mm. And you've got this lovely head on it that it just mm. makes me feel like I'm drinking something more boisterous, uh, more velvety than I actually am. Like the taste is so in that cacao chocolatey corner. That it just, I just think it's like my brain is like, oh yeah, this is kind of like a, maybe a little portery. It's, like, it's not. It's just really rich. Yeah. Um, again, not in your face. It's just doing all those things that I re- you sort of expect from a darker beer, despite it being clearly a brown ale. Like you can tell when you focus on it, it's a brown ale. It finishes a bit sweet, um, but not alcoholy sweet. Uh, again, it's four point eight percent. But just a little, yeah, just a little sweet. Again, it. I think maybe that's the happy in the tagline. Hmm. Well, it's really good. Uh, it's um light, not quite as sweet as a tangerine, but slightly. It's like a low key navel orange, but a little sweeter, like that peak sweetness mm. in a way that an orange usually doesn't. So very so light citrus. Over, I mean, the bottom is like it's 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 like this dark cocoa um, base, sort of cacao base, mm. yeah, on on top of a, a brown ale, mm. um, and that's what gives it this more rich sort of stout, uh, portery taste. And then underneath is just this um, medium navel orange that sort of it all swings a bit sweet at the end. Um, you could easily sip this. Um, I think the most interesting part might be just the end of the taste and then the finish, mm-hmm. um, which means I could sort of luxuriate in the finish, or I could chase that transfer. Um, mm. It's really good, really good beer. I'm glad, uh, given this is a one day, a uh, one beer record. I'm glad I picked this one. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'm glad everyone has good beers. Um, I'll talk about I'll talk about the yonder uh, at the end of the episode. I think, but it's going down very well. Um, I did double check the date on it as I <laughs> pulled it out of the fridge. It the date on it is next month, so it's got a good. Well, it's actually the seventh, seventh <laughs> is the seventh, twenty twenty. So it's got a good couple of weeks on it, yes, yeah. until it's best before. I like the way you skate by. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes needs must. Uh, yep. Let's jump into um, some games this week. Uh, I kind of wanted to start off 
just by posing a little question to everybody. The uh, camera's really acting up. Yeah, it is uh, all sort of fuzzy yeah. and it just keeps on focusing. And I tried to—I don't know if you noticed—I tried to like uh, fix, like open up the software to fix it, and it went all wiggy. And when I clicked away, I accidentally clicked to a different scene in OBS, which is why about five minutes ago we lost our faces. Apologies. Um, so I'm gonna—I'm <laughs> just gonna deal with it. Sorry if I'm progressively more drunk looking, as if uh, the camera was my point of view. Hey, it's just like a normal episode. More yeah. drunk looking, it's it's fine. Sure. Um, so yes, a question, a question for everybody. Uh, this is coming from me playing um, Call of Duty World War Two. Um, it is one of the free PlayStation Plus games this month. Oh, I forgot to look. And uh, I really, really wasn't interested in it when it came out. I played a little bit of the beta, uh, the multiplayer beta. Um, you know, what was that like? Maybe six months before it released, mm-hmm. and I didn't like kind of the speed of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the maps. I really was put off by the game, and that did put me off picking it up. You know, having that experience, thinking this just isn't for me this yeah. time. I'm not going to buy it. However, I'm enjoying the campaign. I think that slower pace and a single player experience is much better. Than in a uh, in a multiplayer experience on you know tight maps. Yeah, yeah. N- now this is nicely flowing. We're moving between different sort of set scenes and little bits of uh, and and set pieces breaking up some of the action. There's a storyline to it. The um, the cutscenes in between these chapters look really good, and they've gone for really uh, a really good sort of um, cinematography from kind of like war films, you know, World War II films and stuff. So everything it looks really good and sets the scene really well. Um, and I wondered to, to both of you, is there anything that you have tried, anything you've maybe played in a, you know, a, a demo of or a quick game of multiplayer on something that really put you off a game? Titanfall that 2. You then, Oh, I was going to say that you then returned to and just and enjoyed. I enjoyed the single player in Titanfall too. I, mm. I didn't like the, any of the changes they made to the multiplayer, so I just didn't play it. Okay, yeah. And the beta yeah, really put me off because I was like a day one. Like I loved Titanfall, the original one. Put mm. like three hundred hours into it, but after playing the multiplayer beta for the second one, I was like, you you've made the changes that seem you know, like the ones that you needed to make on paper and flesh out the game and the mechanics more, but it just doesn't feel like the balance of the first game. It felt yeah. way more like the Call of Duties I don't like, where it's just, oh, you've played this game for way longer, therefore you're on a higher pedestal, rather than it coming down to, like, skill. And mm. and that's, you know, what I like about the latest Call of Duty. I haven't played... World War Two, um, or whatever came after that. Before, I don't even know what this one's called. Is it called Advanced? No, it's not Advanced. Uh, this no, this one's Modern Warfare. Yeah, that one. Yes, um, Modern Warfare again. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was before this? Black Ops Four. Yeah, and that didn't have a campaign. Um, and then World War Two was before that, maybe. Yeah, and then before that was Infinite Warfare because Battlefield One. Was it not Black Ops? Was it the same time as Infinite Warfare, and then after that was 
Call of Duty's like, I guess we'll go back to the past too. Mm, Infinite Warfare Does was it the same. Infinite Warfare was too fa- the same year that um, Doom and Super Hot came out. So what's it? 2016 and Titanfall. Yeah. yeah, that was a good year for shooters. Like every single one of those games were good, yeah, including Battlefield One. Um, but yeah, uh, yes. yeah, Titanfall Two. I I didn't like the multiplayer mm. and it was too much of a departure for me from the first yeah. game. Oh, for huh? fuck's sake. Yeah. That's fine. Their Wikipedia article has it grouped into World War II Warfare, Blops, other uh, games. So I can't just look at the... No, it was 2018 World War II would have come out, I think. Yeah, so it yeah. was Infinite Warfare in 16. And then Black World Ops War II 3. World War II was 17. Um, 18 was Blops 4. Modern Warfare was Where's 19. Blops 3, though? Who knows? Who cares? They well, Blops <laughs> 3 was before Infinite Warfare. Infinite wa- Warfare was good. Advanced Warfare was good. Wait. Everything apart from the Black Ops games have been good. <laughs> to well, be I, 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 I advanced was played... the one where it was all jumpy, jumpy, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, was, I didn't like that. that was I, I, I thought the story in that was actually well, the campaign, not the story. The stories are never good okay. in Call of Duty. The campaign was good on that one. It was so. fun. Campaign yeah, was fun. Yeah, yeah. Advanced Warfare was like the best campaign since the first Black Ops for me. I know a lot okay. of people like Black Ops too, but mm. I didn't gel with it quite as well. Um, yeah, yeah. What a long storied history that Call of Duty. And what's the <laughs> yeah, absolutely what's, yeah. what's what's this year's meant to be? A remake I think, of I think a remake of Black Ops. <laughs> Is it really? I was joking. Well, no, it might not be a remake of Black Ops. I think yeah. it's some kind of uh, it's coming under Black Ops. Whether it's taking a similar stance as the new Modern Warfare, I still maybe need to play it's that. Kind of. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's oh, yeah. just so they haven't uh, said a different anything. story sort of thing. Yeah, it seems like it's coming out from Treyarch, which is why people think it's blobs. I, I, yeah. I think just do it's a new generation now. Just do something different, you know? Like you've got yeah. the Call of Duty brand, it's going to sell regardless. They've got good faith on like this modern warfare. People really like it. So just just do something different for once, you know? Football game. Call of Duty football. <laughs> it's that. It's the Christmas Day World War One thing where they all come mm. out of the trenches and play football against each yeah. other. That's it. Battle Royale football, which I think FIFA actually has, so everything's possible. <laughs> what a hundred players? Just it, it's just like genuinely um, FA, the, FA singles, isn't it? That like used to play in the playground. Mm. FA singles or FA doubles, yep. where there's one goal and there's just a bunch of individuals or, or duos all just trying to either head or volley into the goal. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. the mechanics are exactly, but there's a there's a battle royale in FIFA. <laughs> Fuck's sake! <laughs> it's just like that. What was, thoughts, it? what was that game we saw on the PlayStation reveal? The car battle royale. Uh, Rocket League, Fortnite, as the deal called it. <laughs> oh <or something>. yeah, <laughs> uh, what was it called? No Rocket idea. League Fortnite was looks interesting. God, I can't even. But it is just like, oh, we, we we sat down in a supermarket, grabbed Billy and his friends, Jimmy and Tommy, and they're like, Billy, Jimmy, Tommy, here's a checkbox. Which of these do you like? Cars, yeah. Rocket League, yeah. Guns, yeah. Fortnite, ugly CGI characters, yeah. Ship it, ship it, make it and ship it. There you go. Budget of two million. That's, that's there you go. Done. Exactly. 
turned around really quickly mm. just from that one supermarket <laughs> yeah. outing. Um, Adol, how about you? Has there ever been a game um, that you uh, you've experienced, you tried a demo of, or played a beta of that has really put you off that you've then returned to at a later date and picked back up? I've been thinking about this. <laughs> no, no. Demos don't exist anymore. I mean, I'm trying <laughs> to think demos, of mate. Steam's full of them. <laughs> True. I'm trying Some to think of a, a, a movie, movie, a game that I, I sort of did. Just even, yeah. I mean, I can't. I'm trying to. If I go far back enough, yeah. it might have been TF2. Oh, I thought you meant like way back, like PS1 demo disc or something. Um, I remember when Teen Fortress Two came out. Mm. I wasn't. Uh, super into it. Um, but I think that was just because the people I was playing with were more sort C- CS people. Mm. Uh, uh, but then I literally changed departments in the. Um, uni I was in uh, working at and then people were like we really like this game and then I played it but other than that um, yeah I mean a lot of move- games that have demos I don't get around to playing to sure. be honest <laughs> uh, so it's kind of like mm, that's a dead question um, I probably wouldn't have I mean so like but like I had the opposite with I had the opposite thing with like uh, Tom Clancy's TM Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yeah, right. Like I enjoyed that more than you did um, mm. in the beta that we were in, and uh, so I picked it up on Xbox, I think, mm-hmm. back when I had one of those. Um, and then within like a week and a half, I was like, "Oh, I kind of just want to do stupid things with my friends who aren't playing this, and my friends who are playing this aren't around." and you can technically solo, but it's real boring, it turns yeah. out. Um, and it just was one of those games where I did tool around by myself, but I didn't realize how much of my enjoyment in the beta was not that. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as that, that, that like level of uh, some solo and some team, but most of the team, as soon as that like evened out, it was like, ah, bored as hell. Yeah. Now I see why they didn't buy this game. Yeah. <laughs> 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 The inverse I had as well of playing a demo and it really sold me was Doom 2016. So that was. I think Bethesda. But then you loved their game. Huh? But you didn't like the demo. But you. Oh no, no! I'm saying, like... saying what what the demo turned me on to the game is just that. Mm. Yeah, I played. Oh yeah, Doom. I'm saying a demo yeah. that turned me on that yeah. I then didn't like. Yeah. yeah. No, you loved Wildlands. You bought um, Ghost Recon Breaking Points right away. <laughs> Wait, what? Breakpoint? Is okay. that point the new one that I didn't realise was out? Point the, the John Bernthal uh, Oh, it, God. It could be called Ghost out? Recon Point Break. I don't know. <laughs> 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 that would have been a better game. It's like a different game, but probably better, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, waterfalls. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I, I can't think of anything outside of, like... Yeah, that's fair. The, the opposite. Uh, demos... Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, let's move on then. <laughs> let's move on to our next topic this week. Lucy, mm. we're rolling through them quick this week. Yeah. Let's get them done. Lucy, what do you want to chat about this uh, week? I've played a few games. 16 games. Yeah, I've played 16 games. going to talk about only 15 of them. Um, <laughs> I, I dug through that uh, itch.io bundle again. Mm. I played... Yes, did I? Oh, I... I don't think we would have played the same game, but I played uh, a game. Well, what are the odds, really? It's like one in yeah. one thousand five hundred. Um, uh, seven hundred and twenty-six, I think. So it, far, it's it's more than that. Yeah, they, they added no, like, like one thousand seven hundred twenty-six. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. it's definitely it, yeah. <laughs> um, I, you anyway, you I, I played Signs of the Sojourner. Um, it's a kind of it's a visual novel that's disguised as like a deck building card game. Um, the the deck building is really it? centered around matching symbols that oddly look like PlayStation symbols, like it's square and triangle and circle. Okay. Um, but you're basically um, having these these dialogues with other characters in the world, these NPCs. You're basically part of this um, caravan that goes around to different cities looking for trinkets and items to sell in your shop. Um, okay. And Along the way, you, you encounter these different people, and it is just like, you know, this very 2D visual novel style look to it, and um, the whole premise of the game is you're, you want to match up these cards, um, the symbols on these cards, basically you play a card, and then the NPC uh, who's speaking to you plays a card, and you want all these cards to match in, in like a, you know, row of four or six or something like that. Different cards have different, you know, abilities. I, oh, if I play this card, I can see their deck, or if I play this card, it means I can immediately play another card, or if I play this card, that means I have to play two cards, or something like that. Mm. And yeah. the whole thing is centered around getting the most amicable, amicable like conversation, and by that you match all these cards. Oh, neat. Yeah, I really like that as a premise. It's like, oh, the art of conversation is... We, we've we kind of drilled that down into a card game. Um, the problem is, is that uh, it, this this makes really a lot of sense thematically, but in terms of gameplay-wise, this is where it falls apart. Basically, you're going to these different cities, and the symbols start to change, and you'll need to pick up more cards. Um, after each conversation, you get a new right. card. And basically, oh, um, I've gone to this new city. Uh, I've learnt this... Instead of the cards that I have, which are all triangles and circles, this person has uh, now has cards with like squares and diamonds. Right. So I need to talk to this person more and people in this town to then get those cards into my deck. But the thing is, is that the deck is only 10 cards. And then by right. the end of the game, you have like a deck of ke ten cards, but there's like seven different symbols, mm -hmm. and it's very hard to then match up in like these different cities and different towns. And when you can't get a conversation like flowing, and you know, um, it, t it turns sour basically, um, and you fail the card game, which is very easy to do once you get too many different symbols and you just can't match them up. Like sometimes I've just started. Um, like the match, and it's there's been nothing to match the next card with, so it's an automatic oh. instant fail. 
And thematically it makes sense. It's like, oh, I'm going to these new and distant towns. Um, you know, I have to learn how to, you know, speak the lingo or get used to the local parlance and stuff like that. So thematically it makes sense. But in terms of gameplay, it just falls apart immediately because mm. it's really punishing. And what's on, worse on top of that is the further you travel in this caravan out to distant lands, the m more fatigue cards that you get. And basically you... Th th those are like instant failure. You can't um, like bury these in the deck. You can only um, get rid of them when you actually go back home, which ends like a run for you. And right. I was just gonna ask if you, how you like can thin the deck or remodel it. You you can thin the the fatigue cards by talking to like your dog companion, but he seems to only pop up like randomly and stuff like pop that. Pop up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pop up like randomly. And so you can have like five fatigue cards in like a, a deck of ten, and in wow. in your other like five five cards, none of those symbols might match up with the um, with the NPCs. Mm. So it's like really punishing, and it's really it it, it just doesn't match gameplay wise, which is a shame because it's it's got a really nice look and sound to it, and it, it's just it's just thematically I like I it's only three hours. Um, I played it oh, wow. all in one sitting, so it's like, yeah, I really so like. It's doable. This. Yeah, it's it's doable, but I don't know if there's like different endings, and it just sucks when you fail something because it's like RNG and yeah. it's wanting you yeah. to build up this deck, but you simply can't match everything or even remotely. So the like the last two trips were just I'm just clicking through this. I'm gonna fail everything anyway. Whatever. Let me get to the ending. So yeah. Right. interesting to have that conversation where you, you match up the first symbol and it's a very pleasant greeting <laughs> and then in the next part you just insult their trousers or something yeah really random and just it's it's soured from then on yeah basically I just ask you to leave yeah and by failing dialogue it's like you're not you miss out on like crucial plot points and story mm. points like basically you, you, you've taken over this caravan because your mother has passed and you want to know right. about oh all these places that she went to the people she saw the people people she met what did she get up to and stuff like that and talking to you know these passerbys you're meant to get that information you're meant to find like new locations through dialogue but when you're just failing it, it's just yeah it locks too much from you and it's it's a shame but it, I, I really like the theory of like oh I've, I've been out on the road so long it's hard it, because when you come home and you've got all these different symbols it's like oh I find it hard to speak to the people that I know best at home because I've been out on the road so long and I like that thematically yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, it would be nice if you had some way of having a larger so you, you can only take 10 cards into a conversation but you maybe mm. have a larger deck of yeah. 20 cards or something and at some point before you head out on a run, you can tailor that deck a little more and you can say, well, actually I'm heading up here and then I think I'm heading here and I think I'm heading here. And obviously the more fatigue cards make that more difficult. Mm -hmm. The conversations out here look for more symbols. So that makes it a little bit more difficult, but at least you've got some way of tempering yeah. that frustration yeah. that you find with just having, you know, five cards that you can choose because the rest of uh, uh, are fatigue cards and none of them matching up. Like just, I can imagine that's such a frustrating moment. Yeah, it really is and 
Ben, you should be a game designer because that's exactly what I was thinking as well. <laughs> I was thinking, why can't I just, as you say, have a deck of like 15, 20 cards and every time I'm moving on to a new town, let me switch out, you know, let me build the deck so it caters to what the next town is going to be, which is what I feel like most <laughs> deck building games that you do, or at least some of them, but yeah. As I say, it looks pretty. It's got a really nice soundtrack. Um, mm. And yeah, if you got the bundle, it's. I mean, it's there. Yeah, <laughs> try it out. I think. I think Was the pro- signs of the sojourn. Sojourner. I, I think. Sojourner. Yeah, I think there's like a you can do the first trip for free on Steam as well. It's like a oh, demo. Right. Oh. So, yeah. That's kind of handy <sighs> if you haven't bought the racial equality bundle. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to us and you haven't brought the racial equality bundle, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, agreed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's it. I I I I played another game, but I can speak about that next week. Um, it's called Little Orpheus. It's a Apple oh, yeah. Arcade game made from the people who made Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, the Chinese mm. room. So Chinese room. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'll talk, I really enjoyed it as Rapture today, but I can talk about that next week. Nice. Good. Uh, we'll roll swiftly on then. Adol, what do you want to chat about this week? Um, I played a couple games in the bundle uh, on our uh, new scheduled Monday lunchtime streaming slot. Mm. Um, ben joined me. Um, I thought we have a VOD and we might push that to YouTube too, so I won't talk too, too much about it. Um Mostly, it was the first, what, 10 minutes was struggling to find a game using the, uh, there's a, someone made a website to allow you to, like, traverse and, like, search different multiplayer tag like, multiplayer tags and different tags on the giant bundle, which I thought was really cool, but then on the itch client, it was like, oh, the game, like, okay, found a game, cool, let's find it on itch, and it's like, nope. If you want to use the itch client versus just going to the website and uh, downloading the installer by itself, um, which I, I don't like having a bunch of random installers strewn about. Like I'd like to be able to mm-hmm. u- use the client to like install and, and, and uninstall, uh, make things a little cleaner. And that turned out to be a bit of a headache. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I figured I would just talk about that. I think... Um, I like the idea of kind of re- using RNG to just pick a random game as much as you can and just see what it is. Because, uh, wh- like, one of these things is, like, hey, like, you spent the, whatever, five, ten quid on, on the bundle to support a cause. And the other thing is these people are like, I will give my game away. And so rather than being like, hey, everyone, A Short Hike is a great game. It's in the bundle. Buy the bundle, play that, and you're fine. You've already made your money. Mm. Or... Um, it's like, cool, I'll try and do whatever, unless it's like a tabletop RPG manual, in which case I'll move on, which is exactly what happened with the second (laughs) RNG. Uh, but we played, um, what was it, uh, slide, or blinds, virtual blinds, um, (laughs) which was a short experience, uh, try it out, it's short, there's not a lot to it. Um, I, I want to know the premise. Like, you can't just say virtual blinds. It's it's kind of what you what's on the tin. You just you're go, like, in a little room. Blinds. There's a there's a some blinds, 
and uh, a TV and a um, audio um, mixer pad with different, you know, okay. sound buttons um, and some post-it notes and some mail. And the days go reasonably quickly, um, but you, you know, sometimes it's cloudy and sometimes it's not. And the TV... You're really kinda, selling it. Really selling uh, the it. The TV kind of will tell you one, one of the channels is a weather channel, so you can tell if it's going to be cloudy the next day and whether you want to open or close your blinds. Um, that's... Uh, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, I mean, there's a couple yeah, of hidden post-it not? notes. Um, okay. But it is... So it's kind of to what you would expect. It was it was not as bad as I think I'm making it sound worse, but yes. it was interesting. Okay. Uh, but it, it is one of those things where someone tossed their little itch project into the bundle mm-hmm. to to just help the bundle. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the one I wanted to talk a little bit about was Phone Home or PHN Dash Home, mm-hmm. um, which started with a epilepsy warning. Yeah, Lucy, don't play this game. Okay. Your 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 motion sickness will just okay. will just instantly kick in. <laughs> I know, I'll stick to virtual it, blinds. It seems like the kind of sedate uh, experience. Uh, it was real interesting. Uh, I mean, I we're gonna p- definitely put that chunk. I think maybe the whole thing uh, of of the stream on YouTube because that was a treat. I really liked. <laughs> The 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 biggest problem was our our, our streaming setup was such that uh, I was sharing through Discord and Ben couldn't hear it because mm. um, it the, the basically you wake up in kind of a monochrome house with very with the lights all off and you have like a fog like a real big, dense fog of so you can't see that far in front of you and a phone is ringing and you have to find it and you pick it up and it's a dial tone or an engage signal. And then you put it down, and then somewhere else in the house, another phone starts to ring. And you just sort of stumble your way through this dark house, um, looking for the ringing phone, which Ben's got a way better spatial mapping apparatus in his head. I would have stumbled for way longer. He, But he couldn't hear the phone ringing. And I'm reasonably okay with being, oh, I think that sound cue is that way. Yeah. And so by our power c- powers combined. Mm-hmm. You would but, point in another direction and I would tell you how to get behind. You're like, oh, it's probably in this room because yeah. da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, is that that room? Cool. Um, but it gets weirder. We'd be a good detective duo, I think. Yeah, yeah. we would. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> ben, ben and Adil, uh, B and A? Yeah. Bah. Yeah. yeah. Um, bah, it, it was... It, You've got it was BA honestly pretty fun. Detectiveness. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Be Benedictil detectives bad. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Or yeah. detectives Adil and Ben. Dab. Mm. The kids do that. Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> Dabbed on Twitch. What have I become? Become a millennial. I've always been in a millennial. It's, it's the approaching Zoomers-ness. Yeah, it's the um, anyway, yeah, so I think that's actually... it. Yeah, because of your motion sickness and stuff, mm. it might not be that fun. But it okay. was like a good 25-minute experience, and it was this. fun. Um, uh, and it, it really solidified that I think it, I like this idea. I'm going to try and do more uh, streams of just... <laughs> 
random nonsense. What 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 random thing from this bundle? If only to just help advertise the bundle. Um, yeah. And also, it was it was weird, but it was fun, and it's a thing I never would have like. Even if I saw it on itch, I'd be like, okay. Even though if it was free on itch, I was like, I'd be like, nah. There's so so many things, and so I think yeah, there's a bit nice little loop there that uh, allows you to. Gives you the license to go look at something you might not because it's all contained in this bundle of of good support. Absolutely, I don't know how many uh, game experiences there are in that bundle. There's a lot of tabletop RPG um, PDF like mm. rule books. Yeah. There's a lot of assets in there. Um, there's a bunch of stuff which aren't a a fleshed out experience to play. Uh, you know, in that in that moment. Um, when you click on it, it'd be interesting to see how many of those seventeen hundred odd uh, titles are games that you can play. Because I mean, this this could just be your job for years, Adol. <laughs> yeah. Entire. Thing. Well, I mean, like I I mean, we had what, an hour and a half, and uh, yeah. we we putzed around with. I'm really sad. I don't remember the first, the the third, the second game. So yes. we did virtual blinds, and then we did this text based RPG, which like younger me would have probably really liked it yeah. was kind of zorky but with a map and it had this deck based combat system which seemed really cool but Ben and I were both just not quite in the headspace to do Absolutely. all of the reading and yeah. like the tutorial took probably 15 minutes and then it was <laughs> like now you're starting the real game and then I went like two and a half minutes in and it was like should we try something else and so yeah. I might try and go back to that one but it's just like one of the advantages of hey, I'm just gonna try and check out things mm. is mm. like I don't have that like I don't feel too, too terrible to be like this wasn't for me at this time that I randomly got presented by the universe um, this game cool I'll remember it but I don't feel bad about being like nope not now yeah mm. um yeah so yeah and I, I think it's good in um. In helping you um, kind of adapt that and, and, and move that out to bigger experiences as well, you know, if you're kind of in that headspace where you're you'll play something for five minutes and think, "Nah, this isn't for me," with currently thinking, "Well, this is just a smaller experience, part of the bundle that I've got," I feel okay with dropping that now. It might yeah. allow you to get to a point where you think, "Okay, I'm going to try this slightly larger experience." I played, you know, uh, Spider-Man or something else. One of these games that's sort of in your back of the Outer Wilds, you know, things that you kind of have that are sort of sat there with this, not quite a cloud over them, but you know that you want some time to be able to put into it. Um, And kind of almost the idea that maybe, or the expectation that, that you should try and play it as much as you can. But it might just help you go, oh, I'm going to play this for five minutes. Nah, not in the mood for that now. Move on to something else. You know, even with those those much bigger experiences as well. Yep, totally. Yeah. You'll become a gamer one day, my son. <laughs> I used to be one. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah. It's never too late. Because you know what? Um, sometimes you just get like this, this just stroke of... I don't know if it's madness or genius. They, they always say there's a fine line between insanity and like genius, don't they? Yeah. And yep. today I went on um random emulator site. It's not random because I actually use it to play 
Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Was it two that I played that one time? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it was two. Um, I fired up Dino Crisis, and I'm currently nice. downloading save states onto my computer to go back to it later, <laughs> because <laughs> I think I'm going to play the whole of Dino Crisis, <laughs> because it's a travesty that there's like a 18th Resident Evil game, and still no Dino Crisis, so I'm going to take yeah, matters into my own hand and just play it on my yeah, own. Yeah, you've got to sometimes, unless mm-hmm. you own the PS1 and, uh, and a disc... Is there any other way to play it? I think it came on Vita in the US. Um, and that's it. And I can't be asked with the region thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it took me two seconds to get into the emulator. So it's decent. Set up my PlayStation control because I thought, yeah, yes. let's play on a PlayStation controller instead nice. of an Xbox controller. I'm Not the original PlayStation control no. without the analog sticks. <sighs> no, it, it, tank controls are just so much easier with a joystick. Who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. And I was like, oh, that's why it's because I'm using a joystick, and not, not directional pad. Yeah, that game's still Big so plan. good. Yeah, I'm about twenty minutes in. It's still so good. As history has shown, dinosaurs are better than zombies. So I'm gonna oh, basically 100%. I'm gonna be playing Dino Crisis instead of The Last of Us probably <laughs> for, the next, uh, for the foreseeable future. That's how I roll. All depends when you get your copy, doesn't it? Yeah. It I'm arrives. I'm not I'm not you know champing at the bit to play that game. I know nothing about it. I don't know if I want to play such a you know darkly pressing game. Mm. Mm. We didn't need a sequel, no matter what anyone says. We didn't need one. It's like, mm. oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah. And we'll probably talk about the last of us next week in uh, at length, probably. Yeah, I guess I'll play it. <laughs> I guess I'll play probably the best rated <laughs> game out this year. I guess I'll play it. Mm. Well, entitled much remains to be seen. There's still a lot of big games to come out, Lucy. Uh, Everyone wants to that cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's yeah. Whatever. I, I think oh, people. Yeah. Are, I think people. I mean, yes, The Witcher Three is a wonderful game, but just temper expectations. It seems like you know it's unfair to the developers at some certain point. Everyone's saying it's going to be the second coming of Christ, mm. especially given the you know conditions now. Um, yes, and the conditions before at that studio anyway. Working them like yeah, that's true, yeah. working them like dogs over there, like naughty dogs. But I'm mm. hey. yeah. I'm the pun queen today. You are. You are. Yeah. You're, doing, you're, you're putting me to shame. <laughs> 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 right. Let's finish there uh, for the moment. For the three of us um, on this stream, Lucy. Mm. What's your, my favourite bit? You're still, in, you're still enjoying that bit. Yeah, it hasn't, yeah. It hasn't smashed back. Uh, with the uh, is that because of um, the idea? There's no expectation that we're going to have another beer, so you're taking your time with it, or do you just think it is a beer which you can sup and yeah, just definitely. sit over? Yeah, it's definitely the latter. It's just it's it's refreshing, and it, it, you still get that those nice like bubblegum estery like flavors that linger quite a long time. So you're not like always wanting to reach for another sip. It is. Mm. really nice so 
yeah, I could have just smashed this back, but it's like, no, mm. it's just nice, just, just nursing this one. It's really, really nice. good beer. I've had a few, I think it was two, um, more beers, or maybe I just had the one, I can't remember, from Kinnegar. They have a, mm-hmm. uh, was it called Craggy Bay IPA or something? I had their IPA. I think it's just their, like, standard, um, uh, IPA. And that was really nice. Uh, I think I got that from Honest Brew and I've ordered another one because it was that nice. So yeah, yeah I'm gonna keep, a, keep an eye out for them. This nice. one's really good as well. I know, I think I've had a couple of beers from them which mm-hmm. were in a Beer 52 box mm. a couple of years ago now, I guess. Maybe when they Maybe. did, oh, I don't know, like a European box or, a, or an Irish box or okay, something. Yeah. Makes sense. I remember having a couple of beers um, uh, from O'Hara as well, I think in the same box. Um, so I've definitely had some from them, yeah. um, but I'd, I'll look out for for that one definitely from yeah. what you say. Oh, I haven't had O'Hara's in ages. They mm. make some really nice beers. They do. Ado, you had an O'Hara's a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is literally the only thing I remember. What you two drink? That's on the podcast. Better than me. It. I don't yeah. remember the fuck I've drunk. He doesn't remember his own child's birthday. But he remembers <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Um, Adel, uh, the the Yeasty Boys and Utopian collab that you had, um, uh, which which went back pretty swiftly. Um, I think part of that is just because it has that uh, that lovely portery sort of heft in the taste, but it's mm. still a brown ale, so it's quite like easy to drink, and so it was quite easy to take larger sips and not notice I was taking larger sips. Mm. Uh, definitely would recommend the. Yeasty Boys Utopian Dream Sequence. Um, Devon and New Zealand. <laughs> Your cat just opened the door by himself. What was that? Somebody else. <laughs> I'm assuming it was someone else who didn't like hearing him yell at the door. That was. <laughs> he's like, really weird. Uh, he's, um, he's like a raptor when I use doors. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's never happened before. Um, yeah, go if you can find the spear, go pick it up. It's it's real tasty. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Just just focus on this can and not my weird opening door. <laughs> what is that? Some kind of is that a lighthouse? Uh, kind. A it's not really. I think it's actually. So I think it's some bicycles on a bridge. Uh, okay. So yeah. I think these are just like bridge pylons mm-hmm. but I have no idea it's nice it's nice but like you can tell it's like not a lighthouse or anything right it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it reminds me yeah. of the beach kind of yeah it's got this <laughs> it's got like nice... even though it's like <laughs> a road it does have that seaside like, monument mm, sort of look I think a lot it, of that is it? that like the red and the blue gorgeous blue mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah nice um so, uh, for me, I've just just tried the um, Bilberry IPA uh, from Steam Machine again, and it's still, mm. it's the same. It's the same yeah. as it was when I cracked it. It has that sort of acidity to it, kind of overriding everything else. Uh, the Yonder Golden Casket, which is a triple, um, 7.5%. Uh, I wasn't quite ready for the, uh, for the big flavour 
that it, it, it gave me. It's full of orange and absolutely full of lemon as well. It does say on there that it's uh, brewed with sumac and uh, orange peel. Mm. And you get you get orange in that flavour, and then you're just left with this lovely lemony flavour, just 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 that runs and runs and runs. Um, you don't need to go back to it, but it's so easy and so drinkable that I just I, I reached for it really quickly. Yeah. Obviously, it's in yonder's uh, slightly larger bottles at three seven five. Um, Holy. But it just it, it went so so quickly. Yeah. That is a lovely lovely beer. Yonder makes some excellent beers. Oh god, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the the beers I've had from Steam Machine as well, I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple I had last year. I haven't seen them for a little while, but I had a few last year from them. Um, and I think it is just the date on yeah, this probably. Steam Machine that's just that's just made it undrinkable, basically. But mm. makes for an interesting photo. Very um, interesting color. <laughs> I mean, it I, is. Before we beach wrap root. up, looks very brown. Yeah, beetroot. Uh, I just want to say that I don't, I don't know if you guys caught this, but Humble has released their own ra- yes. fight for racial justice bundle. Um, yeah, which saw, saw murmuring to people saying, "Oh, there's another big bundle on the way." Uh, which is roughly twelve hundred dollars U.S. worth of stuff. Are you just it's donating got, like all your games? <laughs> it's 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 got Jackbox Party Pack Four, uh, Baba's Use, Belunky, FTL, Bioshock Remaster, This War Is Mine, uh, a wow. bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, but what I really want to highlight um, is it's got a bunch of. Um, graphic novels uh, and it looks like um, novel novels mm-hmm. uh, that are actually uh, black history black uh, related oh, so nice. uh, black history in its own words uh, the prince of cats is a black novel <laughs> shaft a complicated man is a graphic <laughs> novel which I think might be make commenting on shaft mm-hmm. and then like 12 years a slave literally mm-hmm. the book yeah uh, and, a, and a whole bunch of uh, things otherwise Um mm. And I think, on uh, what what format that, do you get those books? Is it just a PDF or? I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll figure it out. Because yeah, I yeah. Need to go back into reading. <sighs> yeah, I have actually been reading a little more for pleasure again. Mm. Um, yeah, so they're okay. They're available in the comics are available in. CBZ, PDF, and EPUB, okay. and the ebooks are PDF, Mobi, and EPUB. So if you have a Kindle, for example, or the Kindle app, mm-hmm. you can get a DRM-free compatible nice. version. Nice. Uh, or you can just read it on PDF. That's really cool. Um, I think, uh, and someone's put $20,000 in. Jeff. Jeff is the top uh, donator with $20,000 well for done, this one Jeff. bundle. Yeah. Uh, yikes. Jeez. Uh, I think the pay what you want um, for the Steam keys and other keys, it's five fifty. Is that it? Um, I hope they mean five hundred yeah. fifty dollars, <laughs> no, not five dollars fifty cents. Right? <laughs> wow, that's nuts. Um, but I think that they're they're asking for twenty five quid. I mean, yeah. Which, given that the uh, like two of those games are actual like. 
probably retail for more than that. Two of those like initial games, and then you get all this extra stuff. Especially, like I said, these things you'll probably miss out, like the graphic novels and the novel novels. So, like it, if you're wondering how to learn more or figure out that perspective. Yeah, mm. that's not. Yeah, uh, I think both this and the other racial bundle has have, have books, and it's probably um, the right type of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, it's funny that I just Absolutely. played Bioshock uh, in the non-remastered version, but yeah, that's that game's still a masterpiece. By the way, really enjoyed it. Wrapped it up. Nice. Yeah. How long did it take you? Just as an aside. Uh, at least ten hours, I imagine. Okay. Yeah. Um, towards the end of that game, is it, it? It it's. I wouldn't say dragged on. I enjoyed like every minute of it, but. It, it it it's you see repeated stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really really good. Still still holds up for me anyway. Nice. Mm. Good. Mm. I may I may visit it very soon Ooh. after I finish maybe World War Two COD game. Who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in a bit of a shooter mood. Yeah. Uh, so it mm. may be something I jump to yeah. next. It, it's, it's a shooter where you never aim down the sight, so I was very happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, I, I do remember that actually from playing it that you just you just run and gun constantly. Yeah. I think you can mm. like go into like first. Well, it's already first person view, but like aiming yep. down like so, kind of like this scope. I didn't care to find out what button made you do that, but so yeah, it's just like no, nope, shoot from <laughs> the hip. Use my plasmids. <laughs> Happy nice. days. Nice. Good. Right, so we will finish this segment uh, there for now. And everybody listening to the podcast or watching the video will be greeted in a moment, I hope, by Dave and Sean joining us from Pillbug Interactive. Part two of episode, I think, 216. I had to look again. I completely forgotten. Ridiculous. Um, yes, 216. Anyone, anyone viewing us, either on the stream or over on YouTube, uh, can see that we're now joined by Dave and Sean from Pillbug Interactive. Hey! Hey! Hi! Uh, and for those of you joining us for the second night, we're here with Adel as well. Hey! So just monitoring the stream loudness. Continue talking. Nice. Um, so, you two, Dave and yes. Sean, hey! Us how's two. it going? It's been Hi. a while. It has been a while. Thanks for having us back on. Absolutely no worries. You have a new game coming out at some point in the future yep. mm-hmm. uh, we're going to get to that we're going to get to lots of other stuff as well but first we're going to crack some beers uh, Dave as your top left what are you oh, drinking? Geez. Uh, I have a Gower Gold um, which is a refreshing Welsh golden ale brewed with uh, Maris Otter malt and a distinctive citrus flavour and aroma of Cascade hops uh, it's um, something you can find in most Tesco's uh, okay. So not particularly, you know, you don't have to hunt it down, but it is a Welsh brewery. And seeing as I thought, you know, we are in Wales uh, right now, me and Sean, um, I would at least kick things off with uh, some home representation. I believe it's Swansea. Yeah, Unit oh, 25 cool. Crofty Swansea. So not Cardiff. Nice. Um, the local breweries uh, in Cardiff, of which there are a few small kind mm. of craft breweries, of course, they are... Um, a bit harder to get to at the moment for obvious yeah. reasons um, but uh, I know people are buying pipes um, beer 
uh, kind of socially distanced on certain days, uh, which is mm-hmm. a, a, a little microbrewery near where I live. Nice. Um, so I will get get into you. You get into that. Sean, how, how badly it's poured. Yeah, you carry on. <laughs> Sean, what um, are you going to drink? So I, I I actually have a cocktail, um, which is a beer cocktail. Because I've been kind of like diving into cocktails, so so it's this thing. Um, it's called a hop, skip, and jump. And what it is, it is. Um, so I've got Beaver Town Gamma Ray IPA. And th- what you do is you have like you make it's like half an ounce of lemon juice, half an ounce of Sinar, which is like an artichoke liqueur, oh. which is a really bitter uh, like liqueur. It, it's really nice. Um, some sweet vermouth. And then a couple of dashes of hopped grapefruit bitters. Oh, wow. So, you, yeah, it's just like, it's super, it's like a really refreshing kind of bitter. Oh, it's just so nice. Like, I was I was a bit worried when I first tried it, because I thought like a beer cocktail, that's not going to be very nice. But it just, oh, it's so good. Also, nice. like the, I um, assume it's straw, proper cocktail serving. <laughs> <laughs> Sean does. Is there an umbrella? Well. I didn't see an umbrella. <laughs> no, there's no umbrella. No. Not in a um, beer I, cocktail. I should have got one. I could have, <laughs> I've got the umbrellas. They're all in use. I could <laughs> um, it, I, I assume Sean that it is uh, like ninety percent beer, and then the rest are small kind of additions to it. Yeah, it's a bit like when you make the mixer. So you you kind of make you shake the mixer in a cocktail, like, and it's I don't know how much. It's probably like a quarter of what of quarter of that, and then mm-hmm. the rest beer. So it's really subtle. Like you, again, you I was surprised the first time I had it how like. The, you don't lose the you know like the beer can stand up to it yeah but like i think you need to have like a citrusy kind of hoppy beer um and then like the the, the hops bitters and the lemon juice just kind of like oh, just it's like that kind of you know when you have something bitter and it's like an experience rather than a taste yeah it's like that it's and nice. it really just kind of like yeah right yeah so it's very nice are these uh just to get off on the tangent of beer cocktails I don't think I've ever seen one before in a in a bar or oh, a really? tap room or anywhere like that. Is this no no? Is this something that you kind of discovered whilst out and about, or uh, is it is it come more from the cocktail enjoying cocktails side of things? It's come more from well, what it was. Um, so it's actually from a book here that for those of you watching, um, session cocktails, oh. and um, so and that's probably mirrored. Sorry, um, that's not mirrored for us. Just for so you. I, I've. Oh, cool. Um, so I, I really got into cocktails like a few Christmases ago, and like when I say really got into, I like you don't want to know how much like I've got <laughs> into. I like like my board game collection has had to shrink so that the bar oh, wow. can get bigger. Nice. Um, but like cocktails are really strong and not very good for you. So um, there's lots of books about like low alcohol, low ABV cocktails, mm-hmm. and one of the ways of making a cocktail kind of low ABV is adding like mixes like um, soda water or or beer. Yeah. So that's where that came from. Is is like that book has got a bunch of beer cocktails in that, that really work. Um, yeah. Nice. Perfect. Nice. Nice. Um, I will open a beer. I'm going to drink uh, from Track Brewing Company Intrinsic Space IPA. Um, yeah. No, I'm going. I'm. I'm doing the N. Yeah. Yeah. Liked it. Yeah. Backwards N. Um, <laughs> Intrinsic Space IPA, uh, which is six percent. I think it must just be. Um, strata as the hop so it's probably a single hopped one doesn't have any other hops um, or ingredients on there apart from barley and oats being the um, allergens uh, but yeah strata 6% from track Adam what have you got uh, I've got your camera is trying to auto white balance and it's going 
flashy. <laughs> it's like, I'm um, red. I'm bluish. I'm red. I'm bluish. I also have a beer. Uh, I have a, um, a beer from Gypsy Hill. Um, wait. Sorry, I'm looking down, and the audio has stopped on the stream. <laughs> no. Let me just confirm it's not just my... Oh, maybe it's just my mic. Fuck sakes. Um... <laughs> That's one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, device not connected or available. Oh, God, don't tell me it's not defaulted correctly. Okay. Well, that was weird. Uh, do you want, does one of you want to say a word? A word. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, typical. Well, yeah. I don't know how the first five minutes of the stream was, but luckily there's not a lot of people and we're recording locally, so it should be fine. Um, where was I? Uh, hey, not a lot of people. <laughs> uh, as I move the mouse cursor, which is unfortunately being recorded, uh, I've got the Desert Haze. Um, it's a hazy pale ale from Ooh, Gypsy nice. Hill. Uh, Desert Haze is so I got this in the Beer Fifty Two from last month. It's a mm-hmm. collaboration with Beer Fifty Two. It's a hazy, juicy, sessionable pale ale, chock full of Chinook, Vic Secret, and Citra hops, fermented through with Vermont yeast for a big, sticky ester profile. Easy drinking, but full flavored and fruity. Goes well with beer to your door and burning effigies. Brewing a better life. Uh, so we can see the effigy burning. Uh, I think it's Burning Man? That, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, is that Which, Burning Man related? Boy, they made that beer before, in the before times, clearly, because <laughs> there ain't no Burning Man or effigies <laughs> happening there. No. Absolutely not. Well, I missed it. What was the percentage I missed? Uh, it's, you didn't miss. I didn't throw it. It is 4%. Cool. Nice. Nice light beer yeah. to start. Good. Uh, we'll, we'll bounce back to you, Dave. How is the Gower Gold? Uh, it's, it's it's very smooth. It's very nice. Um, I'm not, uh, and this might be sacrilegious, I don't know, on this on this uh, podcast, but I'm not that into too much in the way of fruit and citrus um, mm-hmm. in beers. So I tend to stick uh, to stuff that um, I suppose some palettes would pretty much describe as flavorless. So, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, that would that's that's fine for me. Like that level of flavor. If like more sophisticated beer drinkers thinks there's nothing going on there, that's probably where I want to be. Um, so yeah, this is nice. I haven't actually had uh, a Gower Gold before. I don't recall. Mm-hmm. I might have been drunk at the time. I don't know. But um, uh, yeah, it's very easy. Like uh, I forgot to. Uh, shout out the percentage and it's 4.5 so you can kind of see why it's not too full on mm. it's just just my kind of speed nice uh sean yeah how, um, is, how does yours taste it's like super good so like straight away it's like the beer so like the the kind of multi kind of what you think of a beer and then you get the lemon juice like it's really citrus Mm. and you get that kind of which you don't normally get if you're drinking just a beer on its own i would say like it's a different it's like that fresh lemon juice like it's 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 really kind of pops like really bright um and then that's when you get kind of the bitterness coming in from um from the grapefruit bitters and from the sonar and you get the sonar is kind of almost like slightly vegetal Mm. Mm. so you get that kind of coming in at the end which is a really kind of nice like I don't know, it's almost like a warming because it's like a really refreshing cold drink. But then you get that kind of warmth from that. Um, yeah, it's just really pleasant. And like I said, it's like that that bitterness at the end that's really like more of a feeling in your mouth than a flavour. Mm. 
that yeah you just keep want to go in for another drink nice nice uh, I, I, you said there was sweet vermouth in there as well didn't you yeah mm-hmm. do you get any of that come through or is it not so- really um so i i th- so this the sweet vermouth you're meant to have is puntemez mm. but i don't have any so i i subbed in um something else that i can't remember the name of it um but so puntemez is, is quite a bitter vermouth mm-hmm. and has wormwood oh. in it which which i don't that so that one it's almost like a campari like you can so you can like make something that approximates puntemez by adding some campari to a sweet vermouth like another sweet vermouth yeah. but i didn't do that this time and i think maybe that's what it needs because it doesn't i'm not getting the sweet vermouth basically sure you just want that little hint of it coming through don't you but but yeah, uh, yeah something maybe uh, as you say if they've if they specified a specific um sweet vermouth then I guess maybe they've tested stuff out, especially in a kind of a book like this. I imagine they had ten different recipes, yeah. ten different mm-hmm. goes at making the best version of this mm-hmm. with various brands of stuff. Was was Gamma Ray the um, the the the, the yeah. beer in the thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. I like that it's like pretty beer specific. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, it's like it's, alchemy, isn't it? Sorry. You yes. know, like the yeah. ingredients are very specific to what Sean. Sean's yeah, it's, in, it's all like things like you know it's all proprietary stuff so it, whereas things like maybe um like bourbon even is, is easy to sub out because bourbon tends to be very well i don't know they are quite different right mm. like where you get down to the proof it that that's yeah okay I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> it, most most things are like really um i think when i first started like really getting into cocktails i didn't notice but then I now am at the stage where I'm like, right, I have my bourbon I like for whiskey sours. I have my bourbon I like for, a, you know, a, um, an old-fashioned or a Boulevardier or something. Yeah. And it's very, they each work better in different What's drinks. What's your old-fashioned bourbon? I think it's... Bourbon. Uh, my old-fashioned Eagle Rare. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, I used to be uh, Elijah Craig, but I bought a bottle of Eagle Rare and it's just like, oh, it's just, it's really kind of hot. I get, it's like really spicy kind of, it stands up to anything. It's really, oh. really nice, and and so I, I think I like it in almost in most things actually, because um, it always comes through. I, I've uh, I've only heard of it, so I'll have to try and source a bottle. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Good. Um, we'll move on to my uh, what was it called? Intrinsic space. So uh, I'm not sure if I've had a Strata single hopped beer before. But it's very interesting. The beer itself is super soft. Really, really soft. Um, full-bodied as well. Um, you're getting this lovely, this lovely nose, which I'm finding really hard to pick out. It's kind of, it's almost a bit sort of stone fruity, but with this, like almost kind of, and I think it's the softness, and maybe maybe this, I don't think there are any oats in it, but it's got this kind of creaminess. To, oh, there are oats in it, yeah. So it's got this creaminess to the nose as well as the the flavour, and I think whatever those stone fruits are. Those oats are just giving it that kind of slightly creamy uh, um, hint to it as well. But mm-hmm. on the flavour, you get a very light touch of sort of like passion fruit or something like that. And then this big kind of melon hit. And there's this underlying kind of dank, weedy sort of note to it as well so it moves through those flavors really well you start off with that nice sort of sweeter passion fruit hit moves into this slightly more uh, uh bitter 
kind of melon flavour. Again, hard to pick out maybe what kind of melon that is um, because it moves really swiftly to having that deeper, danker kind of flavour to it. And then everything at the end. So it, it flows nicely through, but everything kind of stays. So you've got the passion fruit. Then the melon comes in. The passion fruit sort of just subsides a little bit, but it's still there. Then that dankness comes in. Those first two subside slightly, but they're all still there. And it makes this really, really pleasant, very, very easy drink. Um, I'm just going to drink it, shut up. Adam. Oh, yeah, me. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> right, it, it's, uh, it's definitely hazy um, on the pour, like, can't really see mm. my fingers mm -hmm. at all. And look, I'm, I'm giving it a position um, anonymously. Um it, the nose is quite fruity, um, slight citrus, but mostly mostly um, like tropical. Um, and that carries through. Uh, it's got this lovely sort of slightly underripe tangerine note all the way through. So just like sweet citrus, but with a touch of tartness um, from mm. start to finish. And then over top of that, you start with this mild tropical punch hit. Tropical hit, not a tropical punch taste, but a hit of <laughs> tropicalness. Um, and then it moves into that banana-y, uh, estery flavor uh, that was apparent that was given away in the flavor text. Um, and then that that fades away, and then that's when you notice, oh yeah, that that slightly tart tangerine citrus has been is is now the only thing lingering. Oh wait, but it's been there the whole time. So it's got a really nice, interesting taste mm. curve where you sort of have. Some ups and downs, and then the steady note that you, is steady enough that it's not overpowered by the other things. You just don't notice it until second sip. You're like, oh yeah, that's there the whole time. Um, it's uh, quite wet on the mouthfeel, um, and because uh, you have this slightly tangerine-y finish, I'm not reaching for um, for the glass for the sake of like requenching my palate. It's actually leaving me for a pale ale quite sated. I do enjoy the taste, so I will be taking more sips. But it's it's just one of those beers where you're not it isn't pushing you towards having more, which I always like. Mm. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Mm -hmm. Right, let's all enjoy these, and we'll get to mm. loads of stuff to talk about. One, today. one last thing: uh, it Ooh. does have a bit of an aspartaminess after the estuary, okay. which kind of feels drying, but that fades and then leaves you with a slightly like a bittering finish with that tart sweetness. So there's there's a moment where I, I realized that I was like, oh, actually, if you have this, you're gonna be like, well, it kind of feels dry, but it, that fades. So mm. yeah. anyway, now Good. I'm done. I'm possibly Thank done you, now. Sir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, Dave and Sean, before we get into um, kind of what you guys have been up to with regard to the new game. Um, I thought we'd touch on first because uh, Lucy Adam and I have been talking a lot about the itch.io bundle um, for racial inequality and justice. I think this is full name. Uh, you have both of your previous games on there, um, and I think they were. I saw them when it was at about five hundred games. Um, yeah. Do you know if you were part of the first wave of games, and also? How have you got your game into this very, very excellent bundle? Um, so I think we were, we were like, I think we were in the first wave because, um, so we, we've been on itch.io for a very long time. Like we've, like I've been putting games on there since 
can't remember when. <laughs> like, I wasn't even living in this house. Um, so, like, the the, the guy, um, Leaf, like, Leaf is, I don't know what his real name is, but the guy who runs Itch just kind of mentioned it to us and, and said, hey, who wants to be in this bundle? And that was it, really. And so, yeah, you just, like, we said, yeah, sure. It, and, which was a no-brainer, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, yeah, we just, we just kind of did it. And... Um, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like mm. it, it just grew from there. Like, yeah. did you have a sense off the top that it would be in the like hundreds of games, or was it really just like an um, one-off email? Like, hey, you want to join this bundle? And you're like, sure. And then you're like, it gets released. And you're like, oh, oh, this is big, and getting big. Um, I, I think like it with the way that itch was like, there's a lot of games on itch, and so they they said it was like you know they just had a forum post where you could reply and just put your game on. Um. So like and and obviously I think everyone just banded together and and I th- I'm not sure I think he'd have been quicker to ask who didn't want to go on it right <laughs> yeah um, on itch true, because yeah. I think it it ended up like some people have said this is basically like a press pass for itch kind of yeah yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah you do I, have I, some oh, sorry no go on go because you do have some much bigger um, you know uh, much bigger some some bigger titles on there that are sort of ten twelve dollars 10 12 pounds something like that mm-hmm. uh, if not maybe a little bit more as well which yeah i, I mean it, it's not a uh, an idea of thinking well i can i can pay five pounds and get you know hundreds of pounds worth of games out of this that's kind of not what it's for uh, mm-hmm. but this must be the best bargain anyone will ever pick up in their whole life and just have so, I mean, we, we touched on it yesterday. The amount of kind of um, tabletop RPG rule books and PDFs and visual novels and stuff on there, which well, people yeah, may not. It's not just touch. games, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's so there's so much there. You could just spend a year only playing that and never have to touch anything again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I kind of wish we had a bit of a better story about how it how it how we came to be involved. But we but as Sean <laughs> kind of says, it's just. You know, it was, it it wasn't something that we, um, you know, because we've been so busy with so many other things, it wasn't something that we really gave much consideration and thought to, or kind of, you know, not that we would need to, but just that, um, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, me and Sean, obviously, we're working remotely together about all kinds of things with the game, mm-hmm. and he just pinged me a WhatsApp message and said, you know, our games are going to be in a bundle on itch. Um, here's the link you know for, for for the kind of what it's about and that was it yeah. you know so it was uh you know i don't think any of us expected you know the volume of sales the volume mm. of games involved the you know and so on and so forth that was that was obviously not uh in our minds at all mm-hmm. um no but uh you know it's it you know it's phenomenal yeah absolutely yeah phenomenal. yeah yeah mm-hmm. thing to be part of is great yeah. nice and have you uh have you seen um much kind of come um, in terms of sort of like statistics and things for the, for the games that you've got included on there. Have you seen you know a big yeah. influx of new players? Uh, I know obviously with something like Cycle Twenty Eight, you've got the leaderboards on there, so anyone I suppose can kind of see uh, you know what the influx of kind of new players would be. Um, but yeah. with intelligent design as well, I guess you've got some you know, background stats pages that you can pull from it just to see. Yeah. Um... I mean, we did like. I think it's a weird feeling because, like, I think I we were talking about this the other day. Like, 
it feels weird benefiting from this. Mm. And, um, but like, we, I mean, like we, we clearly have, and, and we've had like for intelligent design, actually intelligent designs always like, it's been on itch for a very long time, much longer than it's been on steam. And like a lot of our community came from that mm. and it's always like, it's always done well on itch. And if you search for like, um, popular simulation games, it's always, you know, it comes up on the first page. So what that means is that people have presumably took this bundle with a thousand games and just sorted by popularity. Right. Mm. And then if you then say sort by popularity, okay, I'm interested in simulation games, we were appearing. So intelligent design has been like, I, I, I wasn't expecting how many people are playing it now, like a, a huge number. And um, we've even benefited from like people then finding our other right, stuff. Yeah. Like we, we like it, well, someone. It's one of these. Go on. I was just yeah. sorry to interrupt. Sorry. I was just going to say someone um, popped into our Discord uh, and in the ID channel, the Intelligent Design channel, um, just you know was kind enough to say, you know, I, I bought bought it as part of this uh, of this bundle, and it's one of the only games I've been playing. I've been playing it for ages now. I'm really enjoying it, and and so much so they said, and I also went ahead and bought it on Steam. Just oh wow, uh, nice. just That's to really say, excellent. kind of like thanks you know and you know it's mm -hmm. not an expensive game um but even for someone to do that is amazing you know it's yeah. just like yeah. you know real show of support it it's a definite like we've been in a charity bundle before so we were in the yogcast oh, bundle. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah was it yeah. yeah back um a few years ago with intelligent design um and i'll be honest like that one left a sour taste on my oh, mouth no. yeah like i found we 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 got like both from the fact that the the Yogcast team like they were a bit like they weren't overly nice to the kinds of games that um were in the bundle they were saying like oh yeah we've only got like a few good games and then it's a bunch of indie stuff sorry guys and it's like are you just completely threw us under a bus yeah like that that's like ouch like we just gave you like this much you know we were trying to do something for charity like you know but um, also Indie games is not good. Is such a bad look. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. mm, mm -hmm. makes me angry yes. for all kinds mm -hmm. of reasons. Not just because they were mean to you guys, our friends, but also what? And yeah, and um, we ended up getting like like a barrage of negative reviews on Steam. Really, really. Yeah, from people like saying things like, "Hey, I know I got this in a charity bundle, and yeah, the devs were being super nice, but the way this mouse works, like, you know." And then negative review. It was it was very. And not and I like do you know what you could not like our games that's absolutely fine. Don't Everyone, go out of your yeah, way. But it, it, yeah. yeah, but so I haven't. We haven't had that. And but the funny thing is, we were so prepared for that. Mm. Someone came into our Discord and said something nice, <laughs> and it took us ages to figure out that it was something nice that that person had said. We were like, "Hang on, is that guy insulting <laughs> us?" We don't. <laughs> that was uh, so. Yeah, I want to pick up. Sorry, I had to pop, pop and over my windows. I, I I think I'm close to expiring in this heat. But uh, <laughs> drink more, Dave. Uh, drink more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That will help. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So, like, I think I wanted to say something a little bit about that um, kind of weird bundle experience because I, I think it's something that we didn't expect and something that I think a lot of devs early on might not expect and a lot of experienced devs will be like, yeah, obviously this is going to happen. But um, it kind of comes down to people who wouldn't naturally gravitate towards your game uh, finding it. And, mm. and and buying and and owning it in a way that they naturally 
wouldn't right like they would they would be put off by x y and z maybe it's not their kind of genre maybe they don't like the graphics enough you know there's there's like 101 reasons why people don't buy games right at any given point so um to then to have lots of people getting into the game is great wonderful it really helps us but obviously our games are pretty niche they're kind of odd they're you know quirky indie games um, they're not going to be for every, everyone. They're mm. not going to be everyone's tastes. So we end up, through bundles, getting a lot of players who wouldn't otherwise come to our games. And uh, understandably, you know, they want to tell people about their experiences and that can result in, in negative reviews. So, mm-hmm. And we don't mind that. Like, it's obviously it's part of the process and we don't, we don't ever really kind of do the thing where you respond to negative reviews, which, you know, is a controversial topic, I suppose, in and of itself. Um, but uh that didn't want us we've we've still opted into a bunch of bundles yeah. basically is yeah. what i you know not just this most recent one on itch but others mm-hmm. as well on steam when when offered the chance to do it because ultimately i think it's it's still a, a force for good for us even if it you know as it can well. have some mm-hmm. other unintended consequences as I, well i i think i mean i probably would say that i wouldn't want to do a bundle that wasn't a charity bundle anymore mm. mm-hmm. mm. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, you heard it so, here first. So I have, I do have an issue. Like as much as sorry, he heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I thought we had this understanding. Where, where's this come from? Um, the, the, like I think so. So it's a really hard. Th- I'm going, sh- you know, I'm going to be open with you and your viewers. Um, it's a very hard, like complicated. It's a lot of complicated feelings because ultimately like and, and for ch- the reason i'm okay with the charity bundles because the idea behind a charity bundle is to raise money for charity that's the aim mm-hmm. okay whereas these other bundles where you see people like they're doing bundles they what they do is they look on steam there's companies that look on steam for games that have not done well and they will say right okay they they prey on you at the worst possible time when your game has flunked and hasn't sold well and they say okay we'll give you this much money for this many keys mm. and you end up selling your game for like one penny mm. a copy mm-hmm. and it really devalues your game you don't i'm not convinced the numbers uh, it just they, they tell you things like oh it'll be really good for you you'll get lots of reviews and and, and and stuff but it never works out like that there are like a few very special cases where that can work um which was green light which doesn't exist anymore right. mm-hmm so so like you used to have to get so many votes to get even on steam yes that's when bundles would get you enough people to vote for you to get onto steam um but now there's not really any reason so so i think there's there's a there's a danger i think it kind of devalues games in a way Mm. those kind of bundles where like i'm not counting the charity stuff like charity stuff is that's kind of giving away to charity but that's my confused feelings about it sounds kind of like um when you're a freelance writer or photographer or whatever and, and, and an outlet comes to you and says, oh yeah, write me an article, but I won't pay you, just it'll be good for your exposure. It sounds like you, you, mm-hmm. you have the same kind of vibes of preying upon yes. uh, something's not going well, uh, I, they might, this person might just do this thing for under the value of their work. I, mm-hmm. I, that doesn't sound mm-hmm. ideal. Um, mm-hmm. Fully understand why you wouldn't want to go back into the well on that uh, but I thought uh, a question sort of came up in my head that uh, have you ever have you had like reviews or feedback sort of from the review type sort of general sphere that has 
given you like has made you like actually change a game or like update and patch and like do quality of life stuff just want to get a better sense of how the ecosystem is mm-hmm. with you guys we definitely have heard that these sort of people who wouldn't like your game if they'd gone out of, or wouldn't normally get your game decided they didn't like going out of their way to say something which fine i get these people exist um but i'm wondering about the like not the people who are in your discord who are like really passionate who are giving that like who are really type much closer in the feedback but like have you ever had one of those like couple offhand comments like oh wait actually maybe we should yeah i mean i for me it it's hard to pinpoint specifics but i my feeling is that there's where it's weighed into a general sense of um momentum to certain changes because i think uh as with anything creative whether it's writing music or games or anything like that you know you get feedback from individual voices and you know sometimes it chimes with something that you already thought about and it kind of like Mm. yeah it's that that could be a thing and it kind of niggles away at you and then you know two or three other people say the same thing and then you kind of I guess it's kind of like a bit of herd mentality. We give it a bit more credence because um, because it's getting enough, you know, uh, enough echoes of that feedback. So I think for us, especially on what Sean was saying about the Yogscast um, charity bundle and the reviews that Intelligent Design got got from that, um, we we knew that certain players were not entirely happy with the ui system and we knew it wasn't the best part of the game and so on and so forth but the the kind of sheer weight of that uh, being expressed in all kinds of different forms and all kinds of different language um meant that we knew we had to look at that and that would be mm-hmm. part of the major update to the game that we rolled out um so that's the one that stands out for me i mean sean you might have yeah. others no, I think that's it. It's 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 really like listening to feedback is really like trying to figure out what feedback to act upon and and what not is 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 a really tricky thing to do. Um, but yeah, that that is the big one for me is is with intelligent design. Um, I mean, we tend to like to be we try and get that feedback before we release. In a lot of ways, is we try and do like beta testing and stuff, and try and that's your goal is always to try and get that feedback early. But um, obviously, you know. Can't always. Yeah, there's yeah so I, I suppose that's the problem with beta testing, isn't it? It, it, it? You're not capturing a much broader um, sort of sample pool. Uh, you know, your, your your beta testers are probably a lot of people who um, are already familiar with you guys, um, who may be in the Discord, who are friends, uh, you know, other groups uh, who may sort of like these kinds of um, titles but to get a much broader sort of sense of, of, of changes and things like that it must be very difficult to do at, at an early stage yeah. before release mm-hmm. like I said, you um, I, oh Dave you mentioned um, that um, your new game uh, has a demo currently up on Steam with having a demo up, does that then allow people... Does it, I mean, you must have a store page for it. Um, have you got a community hub for it already? Can people already leave comments and feedback and stuff? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, we are, we've had... I mean, I think part of the, design, the development process for any indie game these days involves getting that Steam page up as early as humanly possible mm. so that for that exact reason, so that um, people can follow the game, uh, they can become part of the game's community... 
um, at an early stage in the in the development. Um, so yeah, we've had that up there a while. We post quite regularly. Obviously, there's patch notes for the beta, but also um, there's what have we had? We've had some Discord fan art. Um, we've yeah, had uh, you know all kinds of um, you know kind of beta discussion, as I suppose, which is then publicly facing and people can mm. check it out mm-hmm. um, as well as on, as on the Discord. But uh, yeah, that's all up there and av- available on the Steam page. Nice. Good. That leads us quite nicely into the new game, doesn't it? Um, before we get to it, I might crack another beer. I've absolutely smashed you have. that yeah, track. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm still about a third left. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll crack this. I'll, I'll ruminate on it a bit, and that might catch everyone up. Perhaps. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, oh, well, I've cracked it before I've said anything about it. Um, I am drinking Escape you the just, City. You really want that beer, don't you? I do really want this beer. <laughs> uh, Escape the City from Pressure Drop. It is oh, a... Pressure Drop. I love Pressure Drop. Oh, they're very, very good. It's a 7.4% New England IPA. Uh, what does it have on it? Tasting notes. Dank. Yep. Seriously. Uh, hops are Citra Cryo and Strata. Oh, another strawberry. Hmm. Um, and it says, It was love at first smell when we got our hands on a bag of Strata. It's a grapefruit sensation, so wrong it's right. A dank hop of dreams. Pair it with citra and you're onto a winner. Which they've done. Um, cool. I mean, it's it, the ridiculous can art. I love, I love it. it. It's very yeah. 80s <laughs> movie like. Very. Um, like sci fi. It's like someone's being tracked, tracked through the woods. Mm, Which I didn't. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember when I found out that those are almost entirely hand drawn, like like in the Terminator. All that stuff is just an artist doing very detailed like text work, and it's like, holy fuck! Film yeah. was so wonderfully analog back then. <laughs> yeah. there, there's a subreddit I subscribe to that's entirely people drawing nice text. Ooh, it's called, like, I forget what it's called, but it's like so satisfying watching someone like write a word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought I'd have this beer because it's called Escape the City, something none of us can do at the moment. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, I before... suppose I'll drink it if no one else is ready. Well, I, I was just going to fill that little spot with um, just letting you guys know that I've, um, when I get to stream on the Pillbug stream, which is not as often as I'd like, because um, Sean takes over. Literally what happened. I've been find I've been trawling Steam for pub simulation games. Aha. Um, where where so to kind of because I've been missing going to the pub. So for my for my kind of lockdown stream theme, it's uh, it's looking at all the different pub games. So we've done what have we done so far? We've done Tavern Tycoon. Tavern Ty- yeah. Epic Tavern. Uh, I've got like a list of four or five more to to crack. Are they all tavern? The something? Are some of them bars? Is it all fantasy setting tavern? There's yeah. There, there's a. I think there are. There's a. I mean, I'm I'm going. I think I'm finding this. Um, you know, biasly, but I am I'm hitting that fantasy tavern. That's fair. Kind of genre, subgenre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine there are maybe some cyberpunk yeah. bar style games. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Can't the a, there was quite a famous one recently. Yeah, I right? can't. Where it was off the top of my head, right? uh, Val, and it was it's Valhalla, but it's yeah. not Valhalla. There's ones in it. Yeah, Valhalla. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the elves yeah. are ones, I think. There's Maybe we'll get to between. something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. 
So I call that, um, that genre of game the beginning of a D&D campaign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, they definitely lean into that so far as genres. It's ba- it is yeah. definitely the D&D vibe. Um, but uh, yeah. So what's your beer like, Ben? Um, a very similar to the first one. Um, <laughs> it's actually a little... Um, I mean, the, the flavor text does say what did it say dank um yep seriously it's maybe not quite as dank as the first beer from the track uh and i wonder whether that's just the citra balancing that out a little bit um just giving a little bit more um sort of tropical uh citrus notes in there um to go along with that sort of um that great for all the citra and the um, the, the citra, uh, sorry, the citra and the strata coming together to make more of a grapefruity flavour, getting a bit less of that f- initial kind of sweetness from the passion fruit I was getting on the track, mm. moving through those flavours, and this kind of just leans straight into that grapefruit, a uh, little bit of a uh, little bit of citrus, a little bit of lemon in there as well, uh, and then those dank notes do kick in, but they're just a little bit more subdued than the than the track. Mm-hmm. And whilst that, that, that the first bit had that lovely flow, this kind of almost presents everything at once and mm-hmm. just allows you to sort of unfold those flavours rather than sort of very specifically presenting them to you at different parts. Uh, I mean, it's balanced beautifully. What do you mean by dank? <laughs> so, Dank nugs, yo. Yeah, like the memes, bro. <laughs> yeah, weedy, weedy, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got this um, kind of this this slight weedy nose to it, but then in the flavour, it's maybe a little bit more um, towards the back end in the bitterness. You do get those weedy notes to it, but you find that actually kind of that bitterness lingers, and it's and it's quite a soft bitterness as well, like that that. Dank note is weedy and soft. Yeah, I think I would. Describe and when we say it. weedy, we're thinking like, like skunk weed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, not not weeds in my garden. No, no. I, I just also. Well, meant, it depends like, what I'm growing, in, I suppose. You but. know, you go to Amsterdam, you go to the coffee shop, and you have a, a hit of weediness. It's slight. It's less that. It's more of that, like more herbal weediness with that un- unmistakable. That's what that type of smell and taste is. Um, mm-hmm. So usually it's, it's it's you know if you've had the taste of marijuana, um, you know it doesn't t- usually taste the same Never. way as it smells like skunky that skunkiness. It's 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 as if, it's as if you tasted that skunkiness. That's when when you say mm-hmm. a, like a dankness in a beer, it's that underlying tone. Dank. It just conjures images of a cellar to me, like that's like the deep, dank, dark. Well, it's, it's dank, kind of, dark, it's dark, it's dark. kind of like that, yep. that yeah. sort of musty, wet, mm. you know, hanging in the air dankness. That that mm-hmm. I think is probably why people say, you know, sniff those dank hugs, yo. It's probably from the same place. We're just circling around <laughs> now. Yeah, I'm hip with nice. with them children. <laughs> obviously, obviously. Um, Adol, are you ready for another bit? Yeah, yeah. Wash your glass. You saw me do a rinse off. Um, this one is from Stroud Brewery. Uh, it's a Schwarzwalder Cherry Stout. Ooh, uh, and, Schwarzwalder. And if you notice mm. they're guaranteeing great taste. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's 5% um, uh, creating premium organic beers brewed with Cotswold grown malting barley, obviously from Stroud. Uh, and the source file there is a rich, sweet stout porter conditioned on sour cherries and molasses. Dark roasted malts add a hint of chocolate, evoking a certain d- dessert from the Black Forest. Uh, yeah. Um, nice. I grabbed it because, well, for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is that it's gotten crummy in the weather, so I thought, oh, let's go a more comforting beer. Uh, and the second, mm-hmm. more pressing reason is, well, I had two beers in the fridge versus the ones that were out <laughs> of the fridge, and the other one was also a cherry-based one, so I picked this cherry okay. beer. I was thinking nice. of doing next week a cherry week, but I'll just spread it across. Good stuff, uh, Sean. Are you having another? Are you having another drink? Are you sticking on your uh, your, your cocktail? I'm I'm sticking on my cocktail. Yep, fair. Which it will take a while to. Did you have Dave. one of those enormous ice cubes Ooh. in it, dude? That, that, that so that's takes... the weird thing about this. That was the other weird yeah. thing I didn't really talk about is that you you served that, this cocktail on ice. Mm. Yeah, and it's probably the first time I've really had beer on ice. Was the, and I was like really unsure about it, and it it definitely kind of like, you know, obviously it it just feels like it completely changes the mouthfeel, right? It's 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 just it feel yeah, it's like mm. I don't know how to describe it. Like it feels it feels weaker, but it, it's not doesn't taste like it feels more dilute, but it's not actually like the taste is still like really there. Um, so yeah, so then it lasts longer and and it, it, it kind of opens up like as it as it dilutes as well. So I have I, I so was, it changes as you drink. I, I was going to make the analogy between a bong and, and putting some ice in it only because I saw Dave's face and it just brought back our youth. Um, but I don't that's know what you're you know, talking about. I have makes to say that um, the only the first time I had a beer based cocktail was in the, like the height of summer in North America, uh, and it was. Um, certain mexican uh sourced uh beer uh with in a margarita mm-hmm. like a proper margarita oh, and you just nice. dump a bottle of corona <laughs> in it huh it's called a corona rita um <laughs> unfortunate but uh, uh that but yeah corona ritas are great on a real warm day um mm-hmm. but Maybe need some rebranding. I don't know. I know they had a, 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 a sales lull and then a peak when everyone was still not like thinking. Maybe it's not as big of a deal. I, I haven't looked in on them, but I'm guessing it. It's gone back into Slumsville. Mm-hmm. It probably hasn't helped, has it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's Sean. I recently. Sean certainly I recently inspired me with ice. Sorry, Sean, to to interrupt that, but um. Yeah, like I went round to his for cocktails, you know, in the before times, as mm. Adam said. Um, you know, and uh, he had these, like, it was sad, and my partner laughed at me, how mind-blown I was by these ice cubes that were just, like, massive, massive <laughs> ice cubes. Like fist-size ice yeah, cubes. Yeah, exactly. And for some reason, I thought, I didn't realize people could get those at home. You know, I didn't realize... <laughs> That was something you could do. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And do you know what? Those ice cubes are not big enough. I, I need to get bigger you, ice cubes. They're not. Do you have you seen the Death Star um, ice cube mold? Yes. Because those things are like this fucking big, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I want. I want to get like a, a, a sphere one because they're bigger. Um, 
Yeah, I need one to fill the glass. Like it needs to like there's to not be much room left in the glass, just ice. <laughs> you could you could get a food bag, put mm-hmm. it in the glass, fill it with water, put that in the freezer. You joke. Oh no. <laughs> right. There's there's a what the a current trend at the moment is you get a glass, you lean it at the up at the back of the freezer at an angle, you fill it half with water and you freeze it so it's like half the glass is just diagonal ice. Mm. And then you put your old fashioned cocktail in there and then that's the perfect kind of like Ooh. slight dilution. Is that is that it must be forty five degrees on Yeah, that. it's a weird forty five degree <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But and it looks so good. Oh, I, I, I assume it's so when you drink it, you have that flat plane of, of ice <laughs> across the bottom. You just get the whole drink just rushing towards <laughs> your face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people. I've only ever seen pictures on Instagram of people taking pictures of the glasses, no one actually drinking them. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that from what I've seen in, in cocktail um, Instagramming and, and drinks, it's often like that. It's so much is about. Uh, it, it's all. It's kind of like. Um, food instagrams where it's like so much about plating because it's a picture-based yeah. medium that mm-hmm. it's like but then they don't mm-hmm. say anything about it just like look at this good looking set of ingredients that were mixed together at various mm-hmm. levels of heat at one point in time like cool but also <laughs> eh. i mean having said that i definitely yeah. take pictures of the meals i take i just don't post them on instagram anymore <laughs> they're just for your own edification then the, like a reminder of what you've eaten I mean well so because I cooked early uh, I, I literally took a pic like I, I made my bowl no one was around even though I said dinner at five so I just said it's done sent a picture came upstairs and <laughs> ate it right before we had our, our call so you know it's like some things like that or sometimes someone's like oh yeah what's the last meal you cooked oh it was this Thai green curry oh cool what's it like well it looks like this and then I can it's better than it just being like I did these things to the tofu. It's like, mm. what does that mean? Like, well, it looks like this. It looks appetizing. Mm-hmm. If you're curious how to make it, I can tell you. Yeah. I guess I'm grassroots in the com- in the Instagramming is what right? I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing it all wrong. I should be front-loading that. <laughs> I'm like, quit the beer uh, business right. and just become a weird cooker. Uh, you could. Keep the, I mean, keep keep drinking, but, I mean, you could still <laughs> become a weird stop. cooker. It's I mean... <laughs> Uh, Dave, <laughs> uh, you're still <laughs> sipping. You're still sipping your first beer. What is your oh, yeah. second beer? And then you can crack it whenever you, you're ready. Okay, so my second beer is um, is by because I thought this this gave a nice narrative through line from Cardiff back to our roots because Ben and I grew up together. Um, some people may not know. Um, uh, this is uh, a the Golden Champion Golden Ale by uh, Badger. The Dorset Brewers. Oh, yes. Um, so, again, available in many good Tesco's. Um, uh, so, the flavour notes. Um, a bright golden ale with floral hints of elderflower. Light and refreshing. A crisp taste of summer. Hmm. Which is obviously what I need as it pours with rain outside. <laughs> of, um, but And is also like sickeningly hot, as everyone's talking about. So, yeah. There we go. Um, it's got some talk about a nimble harvest mouse on the back, which I'm um, presumably is not going to be in 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 the bottle. You'd no, they would have put it in the still. It, okay, yeah. Foot. There we go. So that's fine. There Just that go. one nimble harvest mouse. That's it. Yeah. Well, he wasn't that nimble then, was he? Yeah. I guess. The <laughs> or they were nimbler. Uh, yes, it did. It did. So that's my second beer. Nice. Nice, nice. Feel free to crack that whenever you fancy. Very kind. No pressure. Uh, and we will move on to. 
Your beer? Your new game. Oh, my beer. Did I talk about it? I did talk about no, it. No, I didn't, didn't talk I? about You mine. talked about yours, Adam? You talk about yours. I didn't taste mine. Oh, yes, because we jumped around. Yeah. Yes, yes. You, you no one else your, was ready. Let's start clockwise and then fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I so too it smells kind of like dark cherry, um, a little maltiness. It's only 5%, but it is a stout. So everything, I mean, the first thing is I love the viscosity of a stout versus um, a lighter style beer because everything sort of clings your whole pa- uh, palate and you get to experience all those things in the different parts of your mouth um, mm. that's a very satisfying stout um, the cherry is there in the beginning um, and it comes with a bit of a sweetness but so much of this is I think in the flavor text I can't remember something about dark cherry and it very much feels kind of like not a sweet cherry it's not especially tart, um, and with the malts and the, the roastedness, you get this. You're getting some chocolatey overtones, which just makes it mm. feel kind of like a, um, like a dark chocolate covered cherry. It, and then take like a third of that, and have a swish of stout, and have just that little bit of sweetness, little bit of the cherry. Like it's very, the cherry is there. Uh, it, it just it starts a bit cherryness, and everything just sort of fades away into more standard stout flavors. Um, the, did I say it? Yeah, so uh, you can definitely tell it's barley um, in it. It's got that richness um, in the, like the, 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 the oats and the barley really sort of front load those um, stouty flavors, for lack of a better term. Uh, it's, um, I'm actually surprised that they said they added molasses because I'm not getting a lot of sweetness, but maybe that's just to temper mm. the tartness of the dark dark cherries because it doesn't taste super tart like you know dark cherries. So maybe that's just doing the back grunt work to bring the taste profile back to center. Um, it's really the the cherry that that whole taste curve is like three to five seconds, but then that roast those roasted barley. Uh, multi flavors, and then with a bit of that chocolateness, that finish is just real long. Like uh, you can check the timing; it's been probably about twenty seconds, and I still can taste almost as strong mm. as when the taste nice. was ended. Um, yeah, it's really, really gratifying. And also, uh, again, because it's even though it's a five percent stout, um, because everything's clung, clung, clinging, had clung, everything. That viscosity sort of spread around my Clang. mouth. I'm, I'm feel I'm I'm feeling that taste from all all areas, and so I'm just not needing a feeling like I need to race up. Um, especially because I'm really enjoying that roasted maltiness with that slight um, mm. cherry flavor still lingering, but again, very slight, almost gone. But I, I'm probably going to drink this much slower than the last one, um, yeah. unless the heat continues to be unbearable. In which case, I might just. <laughs> Anyway, that's fair. Good. Good. So, now we'll move on to um, to your new game, Sean and Dave. I'll let you intro it, and I'll let you give us a little bit of the... Whatever the flavour text, the description would be um, for it. Yeah, who's going to take it, Dave? I don't know. I, I think I took the last one, but... Yeah, but, okay. You know. um, <laughs> I, I, I can dive in. So, so the game's called Making It Home. Um, it is a vehicle-building game. You are building a vehicle with lots of, well, a weird contraption 
to travel across America and you happen to be a ladybug. Aha. And that's the game. Wait, did you say um, ladybug? Yes, I said ladybug because I need to keep telling myself to say that because we, we started saying ladybird and then we got lots of people really confused. <laughs> so, yeah. so we were like, okay, forget it. We'll go with ladybug. Well, I guess because traveling across... Uh, who doesn't States? call it yeah, ladybird? Also, yeah, yeah. If you say ladybird traveling across America, then that's pro- that's like a weird... Yeah, that's like, like a culture a lady clash. Bird. Yeah. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that's people in America. Like it's the states, dude. It's yeah. the states. The I mean, Americans say ladybug. Yeah. We say ladybird. I mean, Canada. We say mm-hmm. ladybug as well. Uh, this is why I noticed because I'm so used to doing that quick. They say ladybird. My brain needs to hear mm-hmm. ladybug, and then you mm-hmm. say ladybug. My brain's like ladybug. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. If you've ever yeah. wondered why no one's made a game with a ladybird slash bug in it, like as the protagonist, <laughs> this is kind of why I think this is the reason. The confusion on the internet. So, are you going to have like a UK <laughs> version where if their if their region settings are UK, is it just swaps bird and bug? That sounds like a hard programming <laughs> thing to do. I'm not, I'm like, that's a no. <laughs> uh, no, we're, sadly, it's majority rules. Uh, most of the people that buy our games are in the states, so we have ruthlessly marketed the game to be Ladybug rather than Ladybird. Go it's do very it. cute, by the way. In the, it's yeah, in thank the, you. Um, title page throw icon. I don't know what you call that thing. What do you call the splash mm-hmm. image of a? Uh, the like hero art, yeah. I guess the the box art or logo. Yeah, logo. You know, logo is, yeah, is the logo. standard logo word that my brain was like, mm, I don't know, I got ladybird and ladybug in my head. I had no no room for regular words now. Until <laughs> they've all gone. Um yeah, continue telling us about this. Sorry, I, I hijacked you on That's... the bird bug. No, it's a it's a That's really okay. good question. Yeah. You can take it from here. Sure. Day? So, yeah, um so as as Sean said, uh, the lady bird slash bug um, is uh, driving this marvelous contraption that you get to control and build um, as you play the game. Uh, the vehicle gets bigger and bigger as you go. Um, and uh, you're, the main kind of uh, driver of the story is that you're trying to get home in time for your daughter's birthday. That's kind of like the big thing. But as you meet kind of colorful characters along the way, uh, you realize that not all is as it seems. And there's, as with a lot of Pillbug games, there's certainly something going on underneath uh, that cute veneer. Um, mm. uh, so yeah, and and in the, the the playable demo that's on Steam at the moment is also kind of pretty much exactly what we've been using in the beta, which is Act One of the story. So we're Sean and I are currently uh, working hard on developing Act Two um, of the story, uh, and also the kind of the content, um, which we you know we can dive into in a moment. But that's in the broad strokes that's that's kind of what it's about and what mm-hmm. what a player will do nice i I've got lots of uh little sort of detail points that I kind of want to touch on i know um so uh first uh this this vehicle this contraption that that the player is building um isn't kind of what I suppose most people would kind of consider a vehicle um it is quite a sort of uh, it's more like a makeshift contraption uh yeah. made out of various different um technologies uh, which obviously the player can choose from dependent on maybe um 
uh, what they what they like, how they want to sort of build things. Um, you've you, you kind of have sails, which obviously pick up the wind. There's some sort of solar elements. There's um, various other elements that you have to put some kind of kinetic energy, I suppose, into. Mm-hmm. Um, do all of these um, different elements have an impact on the gameplay? So if I made a, a big vehicle with 20 sails on, versus you know a, a few different other elements is that going to make a big difference to how quickly i progress through uh through the level yeah um yeah so so it is in, in a lot of ways you, you're kind of like you've you've picked on a point that we're currently kind of wrestling with ourselves mm. so so th- we have like we so there's all sorts of different we call them panels that you yeah. can use and some of those panels create thrust. So like the sails, like you said, like wind catches the sails, you get thrust. Solar panels generates electricity, which then powers electric engines, which create thrust. We've got water tanks that there are steam engines that need water and that gives you thrust. There's like propellers that you spin and that gives you thrust. And then there are bellows you jump on, those give you thrust. And then there's kind of some ways these all synergize with each other. And so a lot of the game is discovering those synergies. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, but so like we as game designers want people to try and experiment with different things. Mm. And so there's a danger that people do what you said of like I and we've seen a few people do this, is like we'll get the sales and like I'm just gonna build sales. Right. Mm. And more must be better. And more, 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 more. Yeah. 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 And and so like our challenge as game designers has always been trying to th- like counter that. Um and we kind of thought about that different a few different ways. Like so so one thing that's going on with the vehicle is that there is a whole bunch of physics acting on it. Right. So you've got things like drag. If you make the vehicle bigger, bigger there's more drag and more weight. So at some point, those sails aren't going to overcome the additional weight of the sails. You're going to need something that can create more thrust to get a bit right. further, uh, to, to, to overcome that increase in weight. Um, and then it's all about like what options we even give you. So... Um, I think what what we discovered early on was that what makes the game fun is actually giving players constraints mm. and limiting their options. And like when you when you have a limited number of options, that's when you have to look for these synergies because you can't just pick your kind of um, panel that you like. Yeah, it's the danger of the sandbox being so open that it, I mean, yeah, you either have some, you know something akin to Netflix paralysis where you're like I don't know what the fuck to do. There's too many options, mm-hmm. or you're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, just watch this series again. Yeah, 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 and that's that's right. And I think um, we we went th- through the development, went through a whole process of just how to structure those constraints. Um, and uh, you know, initially, for instance, we were char- we were charging players money for those panels, so they had to kind of save up some of the money that they collect in game or through other means um, to buy the panels. And what we realized was that. Um, that was like a constraint level too far because it affected too much of the player's enjoyment of the game. They would be like, well, I can't spend this on my vehicle. I have to save it for the panel right. that I might get in the next. Whereas if we get, if we say to the player, look, you're going to get a new panel every time you finish a level, um, but you're only going to get one and you get to pick of a, a choice of three. Mm. Um, you know, suddenly the players were like, well, I don't have to save with my money. I can spend, I can experiment, I can try things without feeling like I'm being punished by the constraints. 
but still working within something that didn't feel like total freedom, total sandbox. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Well, it must be a fine balance. <laughs> like, like, and, and then there's like, do you like make a, another character come in to like give a prodding text prompt of like, have you thought about doing X? And like, is that too much of a heavy-handed narrative? That must be really challenging. When, once you like identify, oh, some of our audience is just doing path B, which we didn't think was going to happen. Mm-hmm. How do we? We've got so many ways of trying to coax them. Which what's the best way that doesn't sort of mm-hmm. change yeah. the experiment? I mean, path A people who will work didn't have mm-hmm. this problem. I mean, in a lot of ways, that is the entire game design problem of every any game that's that's like the, it's the number one thing you're trying to avoid is to like have someone like um and it's, it's where dave uses a lot of like grok this is like grok the one way of winning and then like very quickly i'm just going to keep using this mm. and i know this is the way and that's that's it right. um right and you're always finding what trying to find ways of, of of countering that and in a lot of ways so like we we did it wrong like we made that we 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 screwed that up with cycle 28 actually like so so we in cycle 28 there the the you would unlock new upgrades by beating your high score right. and so what a lot of people found was as soon as they knew that they would just deliberately do bad things mm. score a bad score and then get like you know to to kind of cheese yeah. the system and like even and we were i think we were kind of like you know that was our second game like you know Fair enough. Um, we were kind of like, oh yeah, well, you know, they're making the game less fun for themselves. But people will do that. People will make games less fun for themselves if there is an easier route. And so your job as a game designer is to protect players from themselves <laughs> to stop them making the game less fun for themselves. And, and, and so part of that is making it so that we don't even need to prod them to not just use sales. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think um, that. I mean, we. What I'd add to that is that we totally understand that some like some section of our player base love the fact that they can cheese yeah. the system and like and and will would happily grief any system that they get and believe me those those players are fantastic for testing because they Ideal are QA. looking to break yeah. it yeah exactly mm-hmm. they're looking to break stuff they that's what they they enjoy that and that's great but what yeah that's you okay yeah i mean not um, to cheese but, it to win but i really like trying to figure out ways of like well, how do the game's doing this? But if I do this, what happens? It's mostly out mm-hmm. of like, like boundary break type stuff, or like, okay, so mm. what happens if you do this? Rather than how do I like it, when I'm doing the plot of games, I tend to just do the plot. But when I'm in a situation, I'm like oh, maybe I'll just try and hop and see if I can find a spot that doesn't that lets me cheese off into the area I'm not supposed to. Uh, that sure. kind of thing. But yeah, anyway, go on. Yeah, no, that, 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 I mean, and what the last thing that makes sense for any of our games, even something like Cycle 28, is is to make decisions that somehow curb a player's creativity. That's the last mm-hmm. thing that Sean and mm-hmm. I want to do with our games. And this game certainly, um, you know, we've made active choices. Uh, it's got a blueprint mode. You can exit back to the blueprint mode at any point during a run like it it's you know you can go back and say like oh you know i balls like i did up on stream yesterday i ballsed up my floors and walls which is something that we let players completely play with 
Um, and, and because you let them do that, they're going to balls things up. Yeah. Like I, you know, yeah. I just couldn't jump into an area that I needed to jump into, or I couldn't, I couldn't wash a solar panel because I didn't put a floor there because it made sense with other parts of my vehicle, but completely ruined that particular right. uh, panel. So, you know, once players realize that we're giving them that kind of space and creativity, um, I think many, many of them will respond really positively to that. Mm-hmm. For us, the big issue is um, how do you communicate that there is that possibility of creativity? You know, and you know, gamers don't like heavy-handed tutorials anymore. They want to be able to discover things for themselves. Totally understand that. But so many people we've watched stream the game haven't realized that if they press escape, one of the options is go back to the blueprint mode. Right. So they could, you know, they're waiting to the end of like what can be quite a. a a painful torturous yeah you know a couple of minutes because they not built their vehicle in the way they thought they were okay uh, but they could have so do you like put a big green arrow that says oh it doesn't look like your vehicle's working quite as you want it to here you can go back and and play with it or do you just kind of let players discover that for themselves mm. um we're wrestling with that i think right now in a lot of small ways mm. it's it's maybe um uh, sort of a question of uh, something like accessibility uh, and having the option to um, be able to turn on hints or something you know like that perhaps mm-hmm. uh, and accessibility is a huge thing at the moment with lots of different games kind of bringing in various different sort of options and I, I think it's it is a difficult balance to have not to handhold too much not to yeah. allow people to just blindly spend tons and tons of time playing in a very frustrating way when they could have been doing something slightly different. And it's got to be a yeah, very difficult mm-hmm. uh, area for you guys to go, this is when we actually need to step in. Uh, yeah, and- we when we introduced the blueprint mode, um, so we added a system of warnings. So when you design, you d- you've got this blueprint mode where you do most of your design of your vehicle. And like we will put warning modes that say, hey, you've got an electric engine there, but you don't have anything that generates electricity. Right. Mm. So it won't work. Um, but that warning won't stop you from clicking start. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that seems fair. Because there might be some weird edge cases that you can get electricity, like that is, you know. But then what we what we go as far as saying, like if you try and make a vehicle that literally will not move, the game doesn't let you click drive. And that was where we found that. That was where we put the line of like... Mm. Mm. Right, we don't want you to create a vehicle that then will not literally move. A, like, a I mean, that seems because there's so, no situation in the game where that makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. like you just, yeah. yeah, moving a tiny bit, that's fine if that's what the player deliberately wants to do. That that's up to them. But yeah, like, there was that line in the sand for us. Um, People got to make sure they hit their you know optimal thrust and speed so they can get all of the coins. I, 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 when I was playing this, I'm like, oh no, I've missed some coins. Oh no, I've missed a big silver coin. Oh, I need all the coins. Like, I'm going too fast. I can't control it that quickly. In, initially, I, like, this is, I mean, I'm, I feel silly admitting this, but initially, I doubted the basic human drive to collect Money. coins. Capitalism is yeah. trained as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's so powerful. Like it's it's <laughs> I was like there's so much other things going on that are linked to your vehicle needing to go quickly and you know and and universally people have chosen coins. Yeah. Mm. To the point where we need to put less coins in. 
because people are stressing the hell out about this and, and like they're, they're really it's really i think like we've, we've fallen into the trap of like we've been doing like we've been playing this game for so long we've got to the point of like oh well you know because we're so used to just managing the vehicle we're like that's like almost like boring is the wrong word but we can do it without thinking so we're like mm. okay we need we need something to keep the player engaged and so we just added another layer and then that got to the point where we were okay with that so we're like oh yeah we need another layer to, in here to, to add to it <laughs> and then like someone now has come at the game for the first time and like oh god i need to get this coin i need to get this balloon i need to do this ah right. and and yeah so that that's that's what we're currently so i'm guessing some of that about. is like when do we introduce these layers Mm-hmm. Like the yeah, definitely the, the the like spooling it out, but not making it seem like you're spooling it out. Cause mm-hmm. Gamers don't like yeah, to be spool fed or spoon fed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I li- I like to think at the moment we've we've got our spoons in the right places that are kind of um, getting to the point where because as I said earlier, the player gets a new panel at every stop, so. You know, there's something new to play with and try out. Um, mm-hmm. But if you if the background to that panel and the background to the to your vehicle was kind of always going to be the same, um, that would be the only level, I suppose, at which the game was operating. And you know, but as Sean said, we're very careful that because the panels, in the vast majority of cases, especially in Act 1, require quite a lot of maintenance, and you've got to keep on top of it if you want to be as efficient as possible, as well as the coins, as well as the hazards that come at you. And then on top of that, the objectives of any particular um, run of which, at least in Act 1, there are there's like one very specific tier of objectives, and then the others are largely based on the hazards or speed. Right. Which mm. are for for Sean and I are kind of like the base level stuff, but but it, for anyone mm. who's getting to the grips with the game for the first time, that's that's still a lot to take in. Um, you know, it we couldn't we we realized, and this is a nice moment in design, is when you realize, yeah, actually there is enough going on here. Mm. Like we don't have to keep kind of pushing this and pushing this and pushing this for the sake of it. And that means that we can also kind of move content and think about systems further down the line into the game in Acts 2 and 3, where mm-hmm. the player has had 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour of gameplay at the very minimum um, to get familiar with the systems, to realize they don't need to get every coin, yeah. um, and so on and so forth. Yeah, nice. Um, I, have, I have so many other questions about what I've experienced and kind of what's uh, what's going on, but I realise we're sort of pressing um, pressing time on this now. As we said, we'd be an hour. We've been a little bit over that. That's okay. Um, and we'll definitely have you on before uh, before the game releases again to have another discussion about this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, two questions, I suppose. Um, one which is very maybe not easy to answer, but it's quite a short answer. Do you have a time frame currently for release? Is it this year? Is it maybe next year? Um, so we <laughs> Steam says uh, summer. We're going to release an early access in yeah. August. Oh wow! Okay, so that's early access. So we what we're working. So there's three acts in the game. Basically, we want to launch the game when we think there's like the full price worth of content right. there, mm-hmm. and then we think that's two thirds of the game. So sure. we're going to get like two thirds of the game done. Um, and it's a building game and I think building games like they 
they benefit from early access. I think it's something mm-hmm. we want to see what panels people are gelling with and what kind of systems people enjoy and, and, and make more of those rather than just make stuff we like, like see what people are really yeah. gelling I with. So, yeah. Again, that idea of that broader sample of people to, to work yeah. from as well. Yeah, early yeah. access is like crowdfunding QA beta, right? Like, Yeah. And, and people know that, and that's why it's okay to do that. And I think you're right, like mm. especially with complex mechanics where people are putting bits together it makes more sense to see what are other people doing than the people we happen to have sort of in our spheres yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mm. uh, uh, my second question was uh, and and this may not be built built in yet and it may not be something that you're going to do uh, the, the the last game, oh, I think actually Intelligent Design as well, there was um, some form of ARG involved in this as well, especially with Cycle 28. You know, the, the amount of time that people kind of put into getting to the bottom of uh, of this stuff, you know, looking in the world at various different things to figure out what was going on. Is there anything like that baked into this as well? That's a really interesting question. Um, I thought it was about ladybugs, not KGBs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, so, how would I? <laughs> at the moment, I think it's fair to say that um, we are enamoured with that idea of kind of the insane levels of depth that that um, ID and and Cycle Twenty Eight had that was beyond their simple initial gameplay, and we love that about um, the way we kind of approach games and want to make games whether or not there will be the direct ARG aspect mm. of like you know that the, the both Cycle 28 and ID had that you have to get outside the game to fully grok um, what's going on with um, with the story within it um, I'm not so sure on this time round. I, I mm. think like one thing like as much as I like we love that stuff obviously um there was an accessibility issue sure yeah of of like that a lot of people didn't see the story like people really wanted to see the end of the story of cycle 28 and only like a small percentage of people did um so i think we want to have something in there because we always like we're not gonna be able to stop ourselves but it's like reining it in a little bit Mm. and having a bit more that we want more like you know half the people to figure it out rather than half a percent (laughs) and i I also like the the kind of the bit the kind of approach a little bit more that you do get a solid clear ending uh and this game is going to need it a little bit more than the other two perhaps because of its narrative nature um as opposed to the other two um so you you know by the end of act three kind of you know as long as you can you know achieve the objectives that you need to get to the end of the game you will get an ending but there will definitely be a very very kind of different isn't quite the right word but certainly a more nuanced ending Mm. that if you've gone to the levels that we're asking you to go to in terms of understanding what's going on in the story um but also the kind of nice I like that. <laughs> I was, sorry for those of you who aren't watching. I was just like his cat in, which is amazing. That is a hell of a cat. Um, uh, so yeah, there will be some similarly kind of something for you to delve into, a puzzle for you to explore. But it won't, I don't think, take you out of the game in the same way that sure. Cycle Twenty Eight and ID did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still, uh, I suppose at this point in time, there's there's lots of stuff 
you're both still exploring uh, and, mm. and trying to kind of wrestle with and how that gels into the experience that you currently have which yeah. is uh, you know um, for it to get to that point in beta you must be you know very happy with the kind of that base level of what you're trying to to push and maybe everything else has to fit around that rather than trying to shoehorn it in in some kind of way mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think but yeah. funnily enough like it wasn't until we started really into the beta process that the game properly crystallized for for mm. sean and i and it really became yeah. this idea of yeah like like this is a vehicle building game it, re- it just because it has elements of platforming in it um because uh, you are the ladybug that's bouncing around this vehicle and you know because of that you need to uh, there is a, a degree of platforming skill like i think there's a skill ceiling and a skill floor there for that side of the game um you know that funnily enough kind of made it quite a complicated design process and just trying to understanding what the game was really about like what was the core drive of the game what was the core gameplay experience what did people want to do mm. with the game mm-hmm. you, you can get so stuck in just kind of like the little details when you're building it like you know you'd spend ages just working out making that jump feel good and like you lose sight of what the game really is and you kind of maybe lose that and so that it's when you get people playing and talking about it then you're like oh yeah of course like that is what we always wanted it to be. We just lost that vision at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. So uh, I hope that um, we can get you both back on closer to this early access launch yeah. uh, uh, towards yeah. August because uh, you'll have, you know, almost uh, not quite twice as much, but you'll have that second act yeah. kind of prepared and, and sort of ready to go at that point and maybe... Uh, a fuller picture of what the end uh, product or what the full product will be um, at that point. And all of these other questions I have, I can just throw at you then because things will probably uh, work out as well. You know, with this being an ongoing thing, patches will be pushed out. Uh, and so we'll see progress. And we've already seen some changes, you know, some of the early streams that you, you put out um, showing um, sort of the map for example, uh, which is now slightly different um, in how that's illustrated uh, now on, on, on at least from what I played versus what I saw in sort of those early streams that you put out. So things are constantly changing, I imagine, for both of you. And it's quite a rush to get everything sort of changed <laughs> and in. And Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, as people probably have have understood from from uh anything if they've come across us before or just kind of the tone of of what we've been talking about tonight this isn't something we do full time um mm. you know and it is a two person studio so with with the help of some fantastic freelancers mm. um so yeah like we are we are doing um kind of as much as our day jobs led us on on this on mm-hmm. on this project um and yeah we're we're kind of happy with the with the timeline that as uh, the making home has allowed us to take uh it's it you know there's no denying this is a bigger game than cycle 28 or intelligent design mm. like and we felt that pretty drastically through through development so um but you know we we did when we set up pillbug we wanted uh or at least when i joined pillbug so our main conversation was it would be great to get a game out a year mm. Yeah. Um, and with you know, if we were making games the size of Cycle Twenty Eight and ID, 
uh, that would be plausible. Like, you know, people do do that kind of um, approach. But um, to do Making It Home Justice as a project, uh, it's 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 just taken two two years. I mean, mm. that seems fair. Yeah. Yeah. Still a lot quicker than lots of other, uh, you know, games, even at this, at this scale. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's... Uh, it's very commendable that you're 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 kind of attempting something you know of that next step of that next level um, given that this is kind of like a part-time project almost part-time's sort of the wrong word to use because it's not like you're only spending a couple of hours a week doing this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that this is sort of extra to you know life and work and and things like that definitely yeah. So yeah, uh, and and timescales must be, you know, uh, a big thing, especially when once this has finished, you you both go, what's the next step we can take? Well, <laughs> that's going to take us three years to do. With every project, you kind of understand a little bit more how long things take to implement, how long it takes to get to that kind of finished product. Whether you want to jump between early access or just releasing sort of a full product and those sorts of things will always change, I guess, for you too. Not to mention whether you remaster your previous games. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's I, like, the biggie. Like, as the catalog gets bigger, like, yeah. uh, even just an update is like a real big. Well, that's the thing. Is like, I, I, I'm like every time I, but like. If I think, look at the code in the first um, game. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, in t- the code in Intelligent Design is like awful. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm starting to teach games programming oh, cool. this year. Okay. Which is super exciting, and, and like, I, I, I'm really excited about it. But like, I, in my first lecture, I show code from Intelligent Design and said, "This is why you should do this course because look at how bad that code is." <laughs> uh, that's that's like, really you, you, this uh, is a smart, brave, and practical of you. It's uh, a ballsy uh, move, like, isn't as, it? As, yeah. as, as, uh, as an educator, like more people need to do that type of thing because it, it it's practical and it humanizes you which means they might actually listen mm. to it. anyway that's <laughs> i'll stop with the pedagogy sidetrack that i was about <laughs> to do. uh that's great i'm really glad you're doing that um mm-hmm. good yeah. good we'll finish yeah. there then this week uh we'll jump back to what we've drank dave you opened your second beer you've been drinking i did I had my Golden Champion with extra uh, Field Mouse vibes, mm. um, and uh, it was very nice. It was very nice. Um, it's, so that is go- the Golden Champion from Badger. Uh, I didn't give you the percentage before, but it's, again, a very soft, smooth 4.5. Mm. Um, and actually, like this, 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 almost as soon as I opened it, had a much stronger hit of barley for me like than, yeah. the, than the first beer. Um, and that came wafting out right at me. Um, so yeah, and a kind of a, sh- a, sh- a sharper flavour, uh, definitely. But uh, very, still very, very within my acceptable tolerances um, for <laughs> my limited palate. Do you have a Do you have a preference from the two? Um, yeah, I, I oh God, that's asking me to choose between you know Cardiff and Dorset, which is a really toughie. But I would have to stick to my roots and say actually, you know, even though it is a bit more. Maybe because of it's got a bit more going on, the um, the golden champion wins the day for me. Yeah, good. Sean, you don't have two to pick from, but with this, uh, what was it? Hops. I did write it down. Hop, skip, hop, skip, jump. Yes, was the the name. And like, what I'm thinking now is how this cocked, this is this has been like really nice to drink the entire mm. time. 
and it's been diluting and it still tastes good and then like for me when i when i get it like again I'm, I'm more of a cocktail guy but for me like a good sign of a cocktail is one i can sit next to me while i'm gaming mm. and like enjoy over a long period so like an old-fashioned is really nice because that's a long drink that kind of like slowly evolves as it dilutes and you wouldn't think that a beer cocktail would do that but it's still really tasty it's different like because and also like what i like is that it, the, the garnish is like a slice of orange mm. so as as i was drinking it the orange was coming in because it would it, like it, there's less liquid and it's sitting right. in there so like it's now kind of like this bitterness but obviously tastes like orange because there's a slice of orange there nice. but interesting it's super nice. Like, I definitely like recommend trying beer cocktails. Do your does the does the book that you uh, got this from have several other beer cocktails? Um, no, mm-hmm. it's, this is the only beer cocktail in the book, okay. which is annoying because I I I've been up, you know I try some more. Well, there must yeah, there they're must hard be to find. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so for me this week, uh, two very very similar beers. Um, that Strata giving um lots of kind of dankness uh towards the end of both of these beers uh the the track was um nice it flowed very well between the flavors sweet to a little bit of bitterness and then through to dank the pressure drop kind of presented everything all at once um a little bit more familiar um flavors with the with the pressure drop uh, with that kind of grapefruit in there but i think the pressure drop just picks it for me this week uh because whilst it presented everything in one go it was really well balanced and I would sip it and go oh this is going on and sip it again and think oh actually there's another layer to this and then sip it a third time and think actually something else is happening here and every time I had a sip I'm thinking "Mm, how does the interplay between this work this is really nice and this works well the track kind of very very well laid everything out but every time I sipped it was the same thing every time Um, it's kind of almost like to, to, to relate it to making it home in some sort of way um, you know going through a level you could change things you can go back to the blueprint stage you can change what you're doing uh, and that's good it's always good to be able to pick out better things work out what you're doing to pick the nuance between different combinations of things rather than just the same kind of thing every time um, and I so yeah very nice to have, to have yeah to have pulled this out more than I should have done. The pressure drop, I think, for me is the is the pick this week. Adol, how about you? Um, so I quite liked the desert haze from Gypsy Hill. Um, I liked that there was multiple, multiple hops. You could tell that they were doing different things. It had an interesting taste curve, but um, it. I, I think what the problem is the Schwarzwalder cherry stout by Stroud. Uh, just sort of outclassed in the terms of the length of time in which you go through all the tastes like it was just because mm-hmm. it took a little more time to do those things and had this lasting finish which I know is kind of unfair from a uh, a stout versus a pale ale but like it just did the taste curves were probably similar like the interplay the number of tastes etc but it was just stretched over more time and more interesting because you could pay more attention um, so they're mm. both really good beers but I think that it's the cherry stout this week um, because it just by the end of the beer I was still really enjoying what was going on between while Mm -hmm. the end of the desert haze was kind of like I get what's going on and I'm just having sips of beer and I'll always when a beer can consistently challenge my palate um, 
even when I sort of know what's ha- coming, it's still like, oh yeah, that's happening. Uh, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. It's, it's sort of my shtick. So it's that Good. one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, if people want to get hold of you, Dave and Sean, uh, how do they do so? How do they get hold of Pillbag? Uh, how do they play games with you? How do they get in touch with you and watch you stream stuff as well? Are you looking at me? Okay. Either one um, of you. So, yeah, <laughs> our website is at pillbug.zone and you can find everything from there. Um, and we stream every Tuesday at 8 British summertime. And you twitch.tv slash pillbugint. Um, and we stream there and we stream on YouTube and all sorts of places. We're basically um, everywhere. But as Sean says, yeah. pillbug.zone is the easiest place to find everything that we do. And uh, also check out Making It Home on uh, Steam mm. at the moment, where you can find uh, the current free to download demo for Making It Home as part of the Steam Summer Festival. Oh, right, yeah. So you're nice. one of the. Do you know how long that's going on for? How long have people got to play that? 22nd. Sean does. It's until, <laughs> yeah, it's until the 22nd of June. Yes, so it's a week, just under a week. Nice. Good. Uh, Adol, how do people get hold of you? They find me on all of the socials at the Omniarch, T-H-E-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H, except Nintendo because it's uh, some random string of characters followed by a uh, following SW. Um, and on Twitch, I am the underscore Omniarch. Um, but mostly, you could probably just find uh, me at the Tanked Up uh, Twitter or the Outoflives.net website. Nice. Uh, tanked up Twitter is tankedupcast uh, at twitter.com. Also, it on is. Instagram, same thing. Yes, yes. Uh, and obviously, you can look at the, you know, go to Instagram, look at photos of our beers and screenshots of games we've been playing. Uh, you can converse with us on Twitter about what you're playing, beers that you're drinking. I'm at Nova underscore 47 on almost everything, or at least everything that I own and I'm part of. You can get hold of me in that sort of way if you want to play some games with me. Uh, I might delve into Battlefront 2. I keep meaning... Oh, yeah. Mm. It came out on Steam, didn't it? It did come out on Steam. Yeah, uh, mm. Battle and Battle f- No, Battlefield came out as well. No, Battlefront 2 came... Yeah, they all yeah, came they out. Yeah, they all came out. Yeah, did their out. thing of, yeah. oh, Origin has proven yeah. itself to be not the thing we thought it would be, so now we're going to really... <laughs> did you see the Star Wars game, the yeah. X-Wing TIE Fighter game? It's coming out. Yes. Yeah, Squadrons. Oh, boy. Mm. The real... The, I mean, mm. I don't want to sidetrack us too much. So my real question is, how much X-Wing is it, and how much um, arcade Rogue Squadron, um, Battlefront 2 dogfighting is it? I loved X-Wing and X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter in that series growing up but I kind of want it to be more Rogue Squadron slash Battlefront 2. Yeah, in the trailer they made, she made a point of saying very loudly, I'm putting up my shields which I feel was a really oh, big yeah, kind of was... nod that it was you were going to be doing a lot but of I think putting it's, up of I'm shields. I'm fine with and... like resource management that way but I mean like the handling, like I mm-hmm. don't want it to be too, oh I wish I had a joystick given that it's coming out on consoles. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. basically that's the thing, mm-hmm. like X-Wing mm-hmm. Uh, without a joystick was painful growing up um, when you went to your friend's house and they had a joystick like oh that's how this game's supposed to work cool I wish I didn't buy it now slash mom and dad can you buy me a joystick no that's dumb you have a keyboard and a mouse but yeah uh, anyway um, 
that. Yeah, yeah, a good point to finish on. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this evening. Thank you for uh, tuning in in your podcast player of choice. Remember, if you really want to, leave us a rating and a review in your podcast service of choice. You can probably do that over on Twitch and get involved with Pillbug as well. Chat to them whilst they're streaming you know, a variety of different games, plus making it home as well. Uh, and that's it YouTube. for us this week. Like, subscribe, hit the bell, etc. God, there's too many platforms. Yeah, we sound like assholes now. I mean, yeah. content click, creators. We just say click happy internet yeah. buttons. Yeah. That's, that's a good that's, one. We yeah, might have to steal it. it. That's good. And, and by might, I make we're good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fine. Do all that yeah. internet garbage, Do your own folks. thing. Maybe chat to us. Thanks. Mm. Bye. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> www.outoflives.net